Hey everybody, this is Brian David Marshall. I am here with Michael J. Flores. What are we doing? What Stand, the hell is this? Standing on a street corner, <laughs> talking into a phone. What the hell? <laughs> people playing frisbee down, down uh, the block. I mean... Stopping magic. I better turn around, because every time I stand facing you, I miss all the models walking by. Yeah, you do. But today, I'm not going to miss any models. I'm giving yeah. myself like a 180 degree, left to right, back to the wall. Giving yourself full field of vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, mean, I, I'm oh, not exactly back to the wall, because then I would be like leaning against the dog are we, are we the oldest magic podcast? The old, I, I think so. I know. Are we certainly the longest surviving magic podcast? If you call this surviving. I mean, like... <laughs> like <laughs> what did, what did uh, Will Pop say in the in the podcast that we didn't put up? We were like a quarterly podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like it's like a yeah. We we we, we have infrequent releases. I, I was thinking like you know, there's really no reason why we like if I could Skype cast with, with random people. Like, why can't we Skype cast? We've both Skype casted on each other's back. I I, uh, I think we're just too damn stupid. I mean. Well, part of the problem was I think the audio quality would go up, and that's unacceptable yeah, for, for unacceptable. Our, our listeners. Expect I mean, a certain level of like, I non-quality. I don't see you enough as it is. Like, I basically see you when we podcast. Um, is that it? Pretty much. I see you more than that. No. All right. Which is sad. It's kind of sad. You, you you work like a block from yeah. where I get off the train every day. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, today's like my first day out in like three weeks. Like, I came home from Gen Con. Yeah. And was like, man, I don't feel well. Like, I'm on the plane coming home. I'm like, man, I, don't, I just don't feel good. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't go out for three weeks. I went to the doctor. I went out and bought a that's TV. Like, that's like cheating. Yeah, I went going to, the, to doctor, the doctor. I bought a TV. And that was it. And today was my first day out. Okay. So so don't breathe on me too hard. No, I'm it's not. Probably a, too I'm late. Infectious. It's probably too late. Yeah. New Phyrexia is going out with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was infected. So what are we going to do? So Ravcast. I mean, we got to talk about Return to Ravnica. Do you want to you want to talk about your, your your thing? Oh yeah, so this is what we'll do. I promise you, we will we will go over all the Return to Ravnica cards that have been spoiled as of what is it nine six today? Sure. Well, well and my card's going up at midnight right, tonight. So plus plus Brian's card, which has not actually been spoiled yet, but will be spoiled by the time this goes up on the internets. But before that, you should just pause. Pause your <laughs> what you're doing right now. Hit the little pause. I don't. Is there a pause button or maybe know, the man. hit the little triangle? Listen it to podcasts. It becomes two parallel lines. Hit that thing. I read text coverage. What do I know? <laughs> Open a new window. Go to StarCityGames.com. Click the picture of me at the top that was like illustrated in old timey fashion. There's going to be something that says like, it was like that was like your uh, your Wall Street Journal portrait. Yeah, yeah, my it's like wa- pointillism. Yeah, it's pointillism, um, Wall Street Journal portrait. Uh, there, there, there's something on it that says like uh, add to cart, pay thirty seven dollars. Don't disregard everything else on the page. Just click that, hit OK, and then you can then come back. <laughs> that, that that can yeah. What happens if that? Then they get the official miser's guide. It's my new book. It's really an audio book. Um, it's at StarCityGames.com. You talked to a lot of your close friends uh, in that book. Like you, you like incorporated them into that. Well, what I really did was, uh, like Clint Eastwood, I had an empty chair. Just yeah. got to talk to the empty chair. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I, I, I did a couple of bonus interviews. One of them I did at the Top A Magic offices. I just had Becker read uh, read something, um, and then uh, yeah, mostly it's just uh, something I wrote, and then I just read it out loud so that people could listen to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I consulted some of my close friends on some of it. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome. According to 
all the testimonials on according, the page. Right, according to John Finkel and Joey Pasco. <laughs> I mean, Alexander Haynes said, like, this is the best thing you could do if you were an aspiring magic, ra- uh, magic player, rather. Um, and he just won the most recent Pro Tour, not counting the one that was Alexander last week. Alexander Haynes, a, like... Greater or less than Flores fanboy than you are, Alan Moore fanboy. Uh, Alexander Hain is a, a greater Mike Flores fanboy than I am an Alan Moore fanboy at this point, I think. Uh, which is not, you know, I'm still a, a colossal Alan Moore fanboy, but I defer to Hain. Hain is uh, <laughs> Hain is mighty in his love, um, with good reason. Uh, yeah, you know, Gavin Verhey. Andre Coimbra. Andre Coimbra, who I only know because of the Top 8 Magic podcast, and you, you were buddies with him from your, your many world travels as a, as a magic journalist. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, it's exciting uh, for me, and um, yeah, people should, should, I, I, should I really want to talk it. about Return to Ravnica, so give me just, just what is the 30-second pitch on what this thing is. So it's a 30-day audio course. It's just 30 different uh, audio modules. You listen to them. There's homework at the end. Hopefully, like, uh, uh, creatively over the course of a month uh, of, of doing this, you'll learn stuff about yourself that makes you better at decision-making, uh, less likely to tilt, understand the game and things that you do on a daily basis uh, more deeply. Uh, and, you know, I, ultimately, I think that it's a tool set. You know, not every tool is applicable to every every situation, right? So, you, when you need a, when you need a hammer, you know you can't curse the screwdriver. Like ah, oh, screwdriver again. Well, then you know didn't need a screwdriver. Have you ever, uh, have you ever driven in a nail with the like business end of a screwdriver? No, I'm not, not really. I'm, I'm not a barbarian. You've never you've never taken like the fat end of a screwdriver and driven in a nail with it. No, I've never done that. Have you ever hammered in a screw? Uh, yes, of course I've done that. Okay. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I'm not a barbarian, but I've also lived. <laughs> uh, I, I have experience life. So anyway, yeah, so uh, hopefully it gives you different tools that you can use in different scenarios in your life. Um, uh, it's exciting, I think. And uh, people should go buy it, and then I will... What's, what's your reaction been to it, like, to it so far? I mean, it seems like a pretty like unusual product in terms of... Like, I mean, it was weird when we released a book. Yeah. A million years ago, like that, that was not something that people were doing at the time. But like this is really kind of off the beaten path of magic media. So, I, so a couple of things were coming together with it. So Steve Saden, who I think you've met him, Steve Saden, your, your surrogate son, Steve Saden, um, used to be the content manager at StarCityGames.com. And at the time that he became the content manager, I was actually elsewhere. I wasn't writing at Star City. Uh, and you know him, Evan Irwin, uh, Patrick Chapin, who you know is a uh, who took, basically took over my spot as the ace of Star City Premium uh, back in, whatever, 2007, 2008 when I left. We're all like, Mike, come back, come back. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of doing my own thing and everything. And, and Patrick was so successful with Next Level Magic, which is personally successful for him. Uh, and, you know, he, he took the notion of, of being a professional magic writer to the next level, past what, what Zvi and I and, and other people have done. I mean, he, he wasn't the, the, the pro tour historian or anything. <laughs> He's not... BDM level, maybe. However, you know, um, amongst... In- I, I think it's pretty well established that Patrick Chapin is his own next level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is the next level writer. So he did this thing, and it was, it was successful not just for him, but really successful for Star City. Yeah. Star City is interested in doing 
uh, exploring, I should say, things like this. Um, but they needed people to do them. You know, like, uh, Next Level Magic doesn't grow on trees every, every month. They can't release a new Next Level Magic unless they bring people in to do stuff like that. And embarrassingly, it took me almost two years to complete mine. Uh, uh, the, my, the intention was to finish it in about three or four months, but, you know, life happened. Sure. Uh, and so, and also, it's a very ambitious project. It's not just that I wrote a book that's essentially about as long as, as Next Level Magic, but I that did audio on it, and I, you know, went back and tinkered with things uh, many, many times. And the other thing is, uh, I think I said in an article, I was scared for the first time in 23 years. Like, you know, someone in my position that I put myself out constantly, I was still kind of apprehensive about this new experience because I've never really stood out in the street corner uh, with my hand out asking people for uh, for money. You know, other people have done that for me in the past. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, reaction from readers, people who bought it, have been universally really good so far. Awesome. Uh, everything that I've seen uh, has been, wow, this is really cool, this is interesting. It's worth the money. Is you actually... able to buy your kids new shoes? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we should be able to do that. Awesome. Depends how expensive the shoes are. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we do live in New York City. I mean, Clark looks like he has some expensive taste. He is... I, I don't know who his father is. <laughs> I mean, like... He puts I've together seen his, his face, own, it's you. He puts together his own outfits. Like, I mean, when Landy Ho is bending the knee to, to a five-year-old boy, I mean, there's, it's, I don't know, he's something else. Um, but anyway. Anyway, that's, that's all very exciting. I, uh, I'm excited. Did you end up doing the thing you were talking for a while to me about something where you were doing these, these tables of things? Did that end up happening? Did you end up putting that into this? Tables of things? Yeah, you were doing, like, probability tables. on. I all did, yeah, I did something this, yeah, so there's a, a section on... Which I, uh, think, I think this, to me, is to me is almost worth, sincerely worth the, the money for the whole thing, for yeah, just this a, kind of information. There's a chapter about evaluating about uh, evaluating your opening hand, not just based on how many lands are in it, but, like, one of them is, I, I looked at something which is kind of a, from a Freakonomics perspective, which is that people say to you, you've heard this, I'm sure, you always keep a two-land hand, especially right. in limited, yeah. right? Uh, and the, the re- reality is that's just grossly not true. <laughs> so um, uh, I, I went over many different iterations, and actually I didn't make it nearly as long as I originally intended because that chapter ended up like 5,000-plus words as it was. And it just goes through all these different scenarios, like depending on your curve, depending on what's in your opening hand, how do you, how do you evaluate your hand and, and when should you mulligan. The other part of it is a mindset thing, which is that you know, over the course of writing the book, I actually broke my own personal record. I won a match uh, going two rounds out of top eight in uh, uh, Star City Open in Baltimore, where I mulliganed to three, and uh, and I actually won on a mulligan to three. And really, the thing that um, I ended up losing the last round on camera uh, for yeah. top eight, but you know, you know, it is what it is. Um, the uh, the thing that I think gets a lot of players is that they're scared. They're scared to go down a card. They they have this like. Uh, They've inherited this notion from from card economy and, and Weissman that, that you I mean, have to always have a card. That, that's true of all areas. Like, have you, have you, I mean, I think fear is like the biggest thing that keeps hold, hold people back in Magic in general. Like, not to veer off off topic, but like, just have you ever like played a deck where you go into the tournament room, you build a deck? I'm mean, I'm sure this has happened to you, and you're playing some deck, and it's like version one. Yeah. Right, but you know it's good. You know that there's something there, and you play someone, and people are like, "You idiot! Why would you play that deck? This deck is garbage." You're like, I don't know. I'm like trying playing, new ideas. I'm trying a new idea in the tournament practice room to see how this deck fares against whatever people the, play. Whatever people might play in the tournament practice room, and 
You know, and it's like to me that attitude. Like every time someone says that to me, I really just want to say to them, "Wow, you're just never going to be good at magic." Did you remember like this night, maybe three years ago? Me and you were sitting at a top eight magic <laughs> office, dirtling some green white based decks. Like Evan Irwin posted, like some. Conqueror's Pledge. Oh, yeah. And then, like, Nissa Ravine. And we tried all these decks. None of them were any good. And at the end of that, I mean, we tried so many green, white, green, white, red versions. And you know what I did that night? I went home and I took all the things that I learned from not winning sitting with you. And I made Naya Lightsaber, won seven consecutive right. matches, sent it to Andre. And then, like, three days later, you were on the phone with me, like, uh, Andre needs a sideboard, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's in the top eight, doofus. <laughs> so, like, I mean, yeah, you just have to explore these ideas. Yeah. And I, I, I would actually, uh, ex- uh, you know, go on top of what you just said a second ago. I think what, what holds people back in almost every aspect of their lives is fear. Um, you know, like I said before, I was a little apprehensive about releasing this thing that I poured two years of my life into, and um, it's uh, it's been a positive experience for me so far. But I was going to say, it's funny, I mean, I, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial, so I, like, I understand that feeling. Like, to me, that's a good feeling, right? Like Fear is a good feeling? No. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. In, in the sense of, well, how about trepidation is a good feeling? Like, the idea that, like, you're about to do something, and you're like, oh, man, I'm nervous. You know what's cool? Doing something new. That's what I mean. Doing something unexpected. It's like, you're like, oh, I'm just not doing the same thing I do every day. Like, how many times do you just get into a rut where you're just like, get up, check these five websites in a row. Oh, my coffee is done. Drink my coffee. Every day. Watch this sequence of television or, you know, content and, you know. And you can just fall into that. And you're not nervous. You're not scared. But you're, you're not pretty, living very rarely. You're pretty rarely. safe. Yeah. Like, like, if you have actually that sort of jolt of, like, holy crap, what is this going to... What's going to happen? Is this going to be successful? How are people going to react to me doing this, saying this, writing this, putting this out there? Then that's when you... That's when... Like, to me, those are the, the moments that I look forward to. Yeah, people love both, uncer- both surprise and certainty, right? Yeah. So, like... You wouldn't be standing here having this conversation with me if you weren't relatively certain that the earth was not going to open up beneath your feet and I'm, swallow you I'm into, totally, into I'm hell. I'm totally expecting the earth to open up, swallow me to hell, and have my last moments be spent with you, Mike. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> but, you know, you like you both need that certainty and are fueled by, you know, whatever is next that you haven't seen yet. Um, the cool thing, though, is just to, to finish out this idea before we actually return to Ravnica, yeah, yeah. is that from my perspective, do you know what I want to go do now that I've released this book and seen, like, the initial reaction to it? Go do, like, a hundred more. Because, like, it's it feels so good. Um, like I said before, you know, the initial the initial uh, reactions from, from customers has been very good. The sales have been pretty good. And uh, it's just exciting. And I, I feel like I can explore this avenue of something that I've been honing essentially my entire adult life, but expressing it in a different way, you know? Like, I'm like, what are all the new different things that I can use? And especially with the advent of technology, right? Like, uh, there, there are no barriers anymore. That, that's the cool thing. Like, you talk about you being entrepreneurial. One of the things that I, I admire most about you is you don't care, like, people are like, oh, you're supposed to have a certain pedigree to do this. You're supposed to have a certain pedigree to do this. You just go out and do some successful, cool thing that, like... You know, other people are just sitting there on a on a table drawing out what the what 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 society says they're supposed to do, and you've already gone out and done it. Like, yeah, I kind of always. Have, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't like reading instructions. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't have a hit every time, right? No, but no. You've got no. a couple of hits going on right now, and I, yeah. I think that 
that uh, that a lot of uh, our listeners and so forth know that they they have a great deal that they can learn from you. Well, and uh, I mean, I just want to say, I mean, like, congratulations on getting it done because I know that was, I know that was really important. Yeah, I know it's a lot of hard work, and uh, I know it costs people a lot of top eight magic podcasts. I cannot <laughs> believe that you are blaming me. <laughs> wow. Stardate, September, whatever the hell it is, 2012. Brian daggers me for two years of Miss Top 8 Magic Podcast, blaming my book. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's worth it. It was was important to you. Wow. You should... When Karl Rove dies... Again... <laughs> with the zombified corpse, they restarted that a couple of times. When the zombified corpse of Carl Rove dies. <laughs> you got a job you can do. Thank you. <laughs> Let's see how we can pivot this one. <laughs> wow. All right. Return to Ravnica. Speaking of politics, return to Ravnica. Yeah. So we've seen I don't know uh, a bunch of cards right now. Uh, you know, a handful, like three, four in each color. Only one blue We've card. We've only seen one blue card. I've got a blue preview card going up tomorrow, which we'll talk about to re- reprint. Um, but let's just start with, with white. Az- white. Azorius Justicar, uh, 2WW for Human Wizard, 2 2. When Azorius Justicar enters the battlefield, detain up to two target creatures your opponent's control. So, let's explain so, what detain so is. Detain is essentially fates feathers. Yeah. Right, without the life gain. But, you know, it's just like. It's like lockdown. It's just like you can't use your abilities. They're, they can't block, they can't attack, they can't do their thing. Right? Yeah. So, I, I think this is a really powerful mechanic. I think it's a very interesting mechanic. Uh, I, I'm thinking of it both in, in context of chaining up in a creature on creature situation, and I'll get to that in a second. And then also of um, <clears throat> in limited play, which I, I guess would intersect sure. with with that. Uh, I don't. Do you remember when I played in the last time there was Ravnica block? We we played in the Ravnica block um, team pro tour, which is a constructed pro tour, and I had a really good uh, black white deck. And the way I described my deck, the skeletal vampire, the skeletal yeah. vampire deck. And the way I described my be- my deck, I don't know if you remember, is I was like I was playing the best versus system deck in the sure. room, right? So like everyone else was topping up at a certain thing. You were just jumping the curve yeah, but, at every spot. So I jumped the curve, and eventually I had apocalypse, right? And they they they, <laughs> they stopped on whatever five drop Emma Frost or something, and then I would just eventually win. And then people were like, "Man, this is, this is a terrible color combination." But our understanding of, of how the format was going to chain up yielded this very successful. I can't believe strategy. that dog can't get his jackhammer started. <laughs> So uh, when I see this, I, this seems so versus to me, you know. Like, it's an undersized body. It's a 2-2 two, two for 4. But its effect on the, a game and a tempo creature-on-creature situation is kind of awesome, right? Right, yeah. So, um, it just, like, stuns two creatures. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It stuns two creatures. It, it almost it's like it's the same as sleep. You, like, sleep two guys, get in, and then right. you have and, a body and they left. And also don't get to come yeah. back at you. It's, it, yeah. And then what if you, what's the, I, I can't think of the stupid card name. What's the, what's the angel that everyone plays right now? The angel that everyone plays, yeah, right? you know. Oh, uh, Restoration Restoration angel. angel. Yeah. How about Restoration Angel with something like this? Um, I'm not sold on it as a constructed card yet, but I really... I mean, I'm not saying that this is a yeah. construct... This particular one's a constructed card. But there are other detains that are... There are other... There are other... There's, you know, this is a mechanic that is throughout the set, I assume. I, I, I assume that's Azorius' yeah, signature mechanic. Right, there's more... There's more detained cards just, you know, in this small section of cards that have been previewed. Like, Restoration... Like, like again... There, there's a three-drop detain that we see coming yep. up. Like, detain your guy. Next turn, 
you know, restoration angel, detain your guy. So it's really just like everything's a time walk sort of strategy. Yeah, yeah I, I think that this is a really exciting mechanic. Again, I don't think that this is necessarily a constructive I don't quality think, card. I don't even think that this but card I think is... detain itself could be very good. I mean, you know, there's not that many situations where your opponent has two creatures necessarily. <laughs> although, although I got to tell you, I feel like we might be... You know, pivoting, like, you see all the stuff in this set that's, like, can't be countered, or, you know, like, I don't know. It feels a little bit like we might just be heading towards this very creaturey environment. I, I think so. I mean, like, to a degree, and I know we've been heading in that direction for a while, but I mean, to a degree, we've never seen before. Ravnik is special to me um, for a lot of reasons, but one of the things I liked about it was even though you had a, a wide variety of different strategies you could play, so baseline strategies in, in Ravnica block last time where you, you had a char deck, you know, you could have a, 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 like a locks on a hierarch deck, you can have a glare deck, you know, you have this like centerpiece thing and then you, you build around it. That ultimately the cards weave together with a with a certain kind of uh, um, interlocking of equivalencies that were manifested in creatures on the battlefield, right? Like almost every strategy, right. even if it were even if they were court hussars setting up uh, angel of despair, they were really were like manifesting on the battlefield. The best counter spell wasn't even a hard counter, right? You bounce the bounce the card right. back yeah, and you yeah, get yeah. to recast yeah. it later. Um, so I really think that there's could be some interesting potential here. Like maybe this is an interesting sideboard card, right? So like, what if you get into a situation where you've got little guys and they've got big guys? All of a sudden you've got tempo, you know? That or, or, or just think about magic for the last year in terms of lingering souls, right? Your opponent's like, do something, flashback lingering souls. I now have two guys yeah. to just gum you up. Well, how about I detain your two lingering souls tokens? You know, that seems pretty good. Um, you know, it certainly seems like a reasonable thing that could happen in... Games uh, of Magic together. Gathering. Yeah, I mean... Um, actually, it's funny you talk about that. I think I think a mechanic that is very intriguing to me uh, in a lot of the same way is Populate. Yeah? So Let's I, get to Populate. Is well, that the next one? Oh, yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Okay. Uh, it's, it's almost like I do this professionally. Almost? <laughs> almost. <laughs> People um, ask me things like, how do you accomplish writing so many articles? I'm like, they pay me. Like, <laughs> Like, why did I don't arithmetic. Like, like, do I don't ask you, like, how do you accomplish making it to work five days a week? Like, <laughs> uh, I, I, Eyes in the Skies is 3W for an instant, and then it's put a 1 1 white bird creature token with flying onto the battlefield, which is well, mediocre. A 1 1 flyer for four mana yeah. is well beneath mediocre, but. Yeah. But then it says, then populate. Okay. And populate is, whenever you have a populate trigger, uh, you put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of a creature token you control. So, essentially, worst case scenario on this, you get two one one flying white birds. At instant speed. At instant speed. Yeah. It's actually not that bad. Not terrible, it's, right? It's a, it's, it's a worse midnight haunting. It's way worse than midnight haunting, but... Yeah, but it has upside. Like, if you have just attacked with a Geist of St. Traft, and then you do this. Right. Although I think you it, still lose... Oh, you lose the... I think you still lose the, right. the Geist of St. Traft. All right, you have an elephant in play yeah. instead. Right, or your opponent's... Yeah, Beast Within You. Okay. Right? Or... Yep. Uh, I mean, the thing... Uh, and I, I... You know me, I'm going to go off on a on a wilder tangent. But, like, think about, like, the opportunities for a card like this in terms of blowouts. Like, you're playing a Bant deck... You have 
green-white ramped up into an acidic slime. I'm sorry, we're, you're playing a Bant deck? Bant deck. I'm sorry, do you mean I'm playing a Azorius, Azorius Simic Selesnia hybrid? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I was confused for a second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bant is short for Azorius Simic Selesnia uh, hybrid. You could just, just mix up the letters. Uh, there's no B in, in any of those. The B is silent. <laughs> uh, so you you know you like you like turn three uh, ramp acidic slime them you untap you cackle and counterpart your acidic slime mm-hmm. and then they do something and you're like oh instant speed eyes in the skies make a one one token and populate my acidic slime token you're right you really are right or or populate my um, snapcaster mage token you're right is that I mean that seems you're right you did go off on a tangent. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, I, I think let's let's put it this way. I don't necessarily know that Eyes in the Skies is going to be the popular. No, I, I don't either. It's the but, only card we've talked about but that yeah, populate so far. But there's certainly there's got to be enough meat on this bone <laughs> that they put it on twenty cards, right? Yeah. So. It, it seems like a very very powerful mechanic. I, mean, I certainly, I'm certainly going to try to play with Cackling Counterpart. Like, you know, we, we predicted Cackling Counterpart would be good, and it hasn't been yet, right? I, so. You know, I played I played it in my. Um, I played it in my spider spawning deck, like with the titans. It was a ramp titans spider spawning. It was awesome. Yeah? Yeah, it was awesome. Like, cackling counterparting a frost titan or a primeval titan or a snapcaster mage or, you know, all of those things were just kind of awesome. awesome. Yeah, I can see it. So, um... I mean, populating anything that's worth more than a 1-1 bird token, though, it's got to be like you're, the, you're getting some value and, out of and, this. And the thing that we haven't seen is if there's any repeatable populate effects. Like some some kind of like iterative. Oh, like X populate, right? Like or or populate, you know, or do yeah, do this and tap, you know, X mana tap populate. Every time you hit someone, populate. Yeah, like, yeah. Nice. Like all of those things are like possibilities. Possibilities and, and powerful. If you know, what if you're populating a Snapcaster Mage every turn? Yeah, that wouldn't be fun. Luckily, there's no counter spells to speak. Of. <laughs> um, fencing Ace. Uh, 1W for a 1-1 one, one double striker, human soldier. I like it. Do you? I think it's quite a good card, yeah. Yeah, why? I think that this is the kind of card that most people just gloss over to get to the awesome gold cards. Yeah, I mean, and Jace it, is sitting right next so to it. So, let me ask you a question. How much worse is Fencing Ace than Boros Swiftblade? Uh, that's exactly the card I was thinking about yeah, it's when like, I was looking at is it. Is it really that much worse? Like, 1-1 one, one versus 1-2? One, when you can't, when, on a card like this, you care about the front side, right? right. For, for the double strike? Um, and uh, certainly a 1-2 is, is better than a 1-1, one, one, but you're not stuck in red, you know, which is a good thing when, say, you want to play your sure. Selesnia Azorius Simic Hybrid. Or, or if you want to play a Golgari yeah. Selesnia Hybrid. Not being, not being uh, stuck in red is a really good thing. Now, let's look, at, let's look at something else. It wasn't that long ago that Delver decks were playing Porcelain Legionnaire, right? right. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. You could just stack this guy in a Delver deck in place of a Porcelain Legionnaire, and people are like, that stinks, Michael J. Why would I ever do that? Delver decks play with Runechanter's Pike. Stick a Runechanter's Pike on this thing. I mean, it's... I mean, that's... I, I, stick a, it's, I mean, stick, I mean they're, they're rotating out when this comes in, but stick a sword on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wanted to go directly with Runechanter's Pike because, A, it's not rotating yet, right. and, B... That's pretty effing big on a on a first striker, you know, um, and uh, and it's, we're going to see that there are ways to put plus one plus one counters, multiple plus one plus one counters on creatures, um, 
in, in an uncounterable fashion. Now, but here's your two other things to, to think of. Gut shots rotating. Yep. Vapor snags rotating. Yep. Yep. You know what didn't rotate? Rancor. So if you want to, oh, yeah. you want to talk about your your Golgaria, Celestia, sure. whatever hybrid. You know, we'll call it. Maybe it's kind of a junky deck, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rancor in this thing, that's like a ball lightning every turn, except right. for like half first striking ball lightning. Right. Who who stops the three first strike before it comes through on the trample? Yeah. Right. Like. This, I think this card is way yeah. better than being glossed over. And I'm not saying it's it's an automatic four of, but if you think back to it, when Raphael Levy won those back-to-back -back extended Grand Prix, not standard, yep. he had four Porto Swiftblade in his deck on both decks. Yep. I mean, it's it's a it's not I, nothing. I, I can yeah, I can honestly see this card doing doing work. Plus, again, you know, uh, Gavoni Township's not rotating out. Oh, it's a really good card. Right? You know, in a human deck. Yeah, you know, the there's the green white deck needs something to replace of, the primeval there, titans that they just there's lost. There's still Hamlet captains and or not Hamlet, I mean uh, mayors of Averbrook and other sort of human boosters also. You know, like crusade effects for sure. Humans. Sure. So I mean you can actually do quite a bit with I mean, these guys. Uh, what are, it's like a two one for two, it's not that bad to begin with. What right? are the odds? Pro Tour turned around, okay? We walk over to Craig Wesco. Round one. Yes. Just grab the his deck. Yes. <laughs> yes. The line is yes. yes. Craig Wesco will have four copies of this in his deck. <laughs> yes. Draft or limited. Draft or constructed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's so interesting. A card maybe that, like, I don't think on first glance people would pay much attention yeah, to. Yeah, but, but I, do you see where I'm, I'm going with this? I, no, I, I, I totally see it. In fact, I was I was there, right there with you sort of glossing over. I guess I'm like, yeah, kind of like a crappy Boris uh, Swiftblade. Except for Boris Swiftblade was an awesome staple in Extended, sure. yeah. you know? Like, yep. And then as soon as I started thinking about like the Golgari scavenge mechanic, yeah. thinking about Pavoni Township, thinking about Crusade effects... Thinking about Rancor, I, I think it's it occurred to me immediately. It becomes like a ball lightning that first strike tramples, yeah. like that, and doesn't die at the end of the turn. Yeah. I and mean, you, and you know, and you know what? It's kind of also one of those things where you think about it, like first strike tramples, like you know, where you want to get a creature through to kill a planeswalker. It, it, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy seems like uh, with a Rancor on him, seems like he does a hell of a job but, killing planeswalkers. And you look at the one toughness, you're like, look at a liability. <laughs> No vapor snag, no gut shot. Like yeah. this is this is not the same standard we're looking at right I, now. I do I do believe people are going to end up playing silent departure. I, like, but but I'm that not disagreeing with you. But that doesn't but, even do it. But that's not vapor snag. <laughs> that's not vapor snag. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like sorcery. It's like oh, doesn't deal damage. You know, play ranker, hit you. You're like, you know, kill your planeswalker, whatever. All right, you silent departure. All right, silent departure. Whatever. Okay, my ranker comes back. <laughs> My guy's in my hand. Okay. Let's do it again. Yeah. So Fancy Ace, okay. I think it's good. I think it's it's a, I think it's a card. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a dominator because a lot of these a lot of the very I, I don't I hesitate to say vanilla, but I mean just like high here's, utility. Here's the thing. Uh, so, you know, normally you'd look at a card like Fancy Ace and yeah. you'd be thinking like, does this go in a white deck? Yeah. Right? But now because it's white double white Nothing, blank, yeah. white color, like this can go in a green black deck. Do you know what I mean? It can like we have such good access. Like the man is going to be just insane, yeah. right? Like the man is just going to be insanely good. I think the so, word you're looking for is hot, hot, hot. Hot. So you you can throw this in a different deck. guild's yeah. deck, and you know use those abilities in that guild to like make this better. I mean, again, the things that jump out to me: Pike and Rancor, both Pike super seems, solid. <laughs> Pike seems awesome. Um, Jace, architect of thought. 
It's Jace. It costs four mana, two UU. All right, so let's... Four loyalty. So four loyalty for four. That's an upgrade against previous Jaces. Sure-ish. So plus one uh, until your uh, next turn. Whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, it gets minus one, minus zero until end of turn. So that shuts down our, our buddy. Yeah, it does. Shuts down both of his strikes. Okay. Yeah. It's all right. Let's keep going. Uh, minus two. Reveal the top three cards of your library. An opponent separates those into two piles. Yeah. Um, uh, it's like not fact or fiction. It's like truth or dare. I mean, it's uh, like just this guy put, naturally is just two factor fictions, right? Put, That's put, like put one pile into your hand and the other on the bottom of your library. So you essentially guarantee a draw two if you want it. Yeah. So, or you just get the best. I mean, or it's you just get the best, the best card. one. Yeah. It's yeah. Sweet. Uh, and then minus eight is each player search that player's library for a non-land card. So each five. player, including yourself, right? For each player. Yep. Search that player's library for a non-land card and exile it. Then that player shuffles his or her library. You may cast those cards without paying their mana costs. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a hell of an ultimate. That's brutal. I mean, like, you can just easily go, like... I mean, I'm going to say Titan, but you guys all know what I mean, right? Yeah. So, like, they're not really Titan, but basically Titan, Titan. You know, whatever sure. whatever the Haymaker is, people yeah, are Haymaker, playing. Haymaker, Haymaker. Yeah, that's insane. Whatever's left. I mean, there, there's going to be Runescarred Demons or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how good is the first ability? I mean, it gets you up, right? You need you need to do it so that you don't die to double factor fiction. Like that's, I think it's full on fine. I, I, depending on the situation, I think I'm, it, it's a, it's not good enough at defending him to be your your mainline defense system, though, right? Yeah, but again, you you know, you talk about that idea of creature combat, right? Of like yeah. creatures jumping creatures. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if our creatures are are sort of equal. Yeah, if I've got a man in front, then you know, it's awesome, I've, I've right? Got, I've got a canyon minotaur, and you've got a canyon minotaur, but I've activated, you know, I, I have a Jace Architect of Thought that's been activated. I just want to be clear. We're playing an even game of Magic, but one of us has Jace. Yeah, well... <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll sure. go along with you that you have the advantage sure. guy with I mean, Jace. Uh, well, canyon minotaur is not so tough now, is it? That's all I'm trying to say. I think that it's a fine ability. Nothing to write home about. Both of the second and third abilities are superb. So uh, now we go to black. Uh, Dead Reveler, which is 2B for a 2-3 zombie. So he's, his natural state is, like, slightly superior to Talrum Minotaur. Uh, slightly superior. I mean, he's better than a Grey Ogre, right? Yeah. Like, Grey Ogre... Like, a Scathe Zombie. Well, a Scathe Zombie, we would get a 2-2 two, two for yep. 3. So this guy comes into play as a 2-3, so that's, you know, solid at common. Uh, then he has Unleash. And Unleash is, you may have this creature enter the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, it can't block as long as it has a plus one, plus one counter. So uh, it, it's uh, basically a three, a three, four for three, can't block. Yeah. Or a two, three I mean, for three. Three. Four, three, four for three, can't block is... Playable, I mean, I'm it? sure that I've top aided a Pro Tour qualifier at some point with a card that, that bad at some point. I mean, that card, but I mean, that seems... Like a tar baby or something. That seems reasonable to me. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know that it's standard playable, but it might be block playable. I don't know. Black creatures, you never know. The ones that seem horrible often often end up being in good enough decks. Right, right. Like the, the next card, for example. Grim, Grim Roustabout, also, also the Unleashed Mechanic. It's a 1-1 one, one for 1-B. Uh, so you come into play as a 2-2, two, two, come into play as the Walking Dead, essentially. 
Um, but it has 1B regenerate glimmer off the back. So is that worse than a Drudge Skeleton, naturally speaking? No, it's the same as a it's exact, Skeleton. Right? No, no, is a Drudge Skeleton to regenerate for 1B or just B? No, 1B, right? I don't remember. 1B. Okay. So he's it's a strict upgrade to a card that Josh Rabbits has played at a, yeah. at a regional championship. <laughs> so although, although, although kind of in a, in a sense, yeah, he's better, but like at the same time, like when you think about your Drudge Skeletons, normally you play them and you're like, they're in some deck where you're just trying to buy time to yep. get to a point where you're your big. You know, we're talking about limited here. I know. When, when I was talking about Josh Rabbits, I was talking about constructed. <laughs> but that was uh, the pre-Flores Josh Rabbits. <laughs> when you know something like Grimmer asked about, one of the sort of downsides of Unleash is if your opponent has any way to scavenge counters onto a creature. Oh, that's cool. They yeah. can actually scavenge counters onto your creature. They're they're like detaining it. <laughs> and just be like, hey, nice 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Nice 2-2 two, two attack. What's cool about this is like, I'm fairly certain that Patrick Sullivan played a deck in the last year that had 2-2s two for 2 that couldn't block. Sure. <laughs> like I, I think that he would have just done it. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, there, I could see situations where that card would give you fits. You're like, all right, I block. All right, you regenerate. Great, my guy's I mean, dead. there's going to be a, a little bit better example of that at two in a minute, I think. Yeah. Um, so then we have Ogre Jailbreaker. Ogre Jailbreaker is 3B for an Ogre Rogue, 4-4, four, four, also a common. It has Defender. See, see, there are a lot of Ogres that make the Rogue class. I mean, I I, I got a call on this one. They're Rogers. <laughs> Like, rogues. Why would you just, just condense? Hey, rogues. Rogues. I mean, seriously, to me, like, a rogue is, like, maybe rogue, gambit, Adrian Sullivan. I just can't see, like, an ogre. A rouge. An ogre rouge. An ogre rouge. He's uh, got a lot of eye so, makeup. So he's a 4-4 defender, but ogre jailbreaker can attack as though it didn't have a defender as long as you control like, a gate. Oh, that's kind of hot. And I, I love the gate mechanics. So gates are common... Yep. Better in the sat. We'll, we'll talk about them. Probably hurry past them when we get that when we get that far. Because they're slightly superior to like a coastal tower. Like they come into play tapped, so it's exactly they're exactly like coastal tower. But but they have this subtype gate, which interacts with a bunch of cards in the set. Uh, at common, I think it's brilliant. I, I actually really. Who, who is the lead designer of this set? I'm not sure. I assume Rosewater. I don't actually pay attention to design teams in like terms of specifics. Okay. Well, but. yeah. I, I, I also like it. I, um, in the last Ravnica block, were there two types of dual lands? There were the Karoos and then the right, Shocklands. There, there were the Karoos and the Shocklands. I, I must say, I, I prefer the Karoos. I, I do prefer the Karoos as well, but like I think that there's some really clever. But the Karoos are probably stuff. too powerful. Yeah. Uh, clever, clever stuff. I mean, Karoos almost like obliterated. Like a lot of the cool things that happened within the format. I mean, just remember how many times you were just like Signet Carew, Compulsive Research, and yeah. like crews are just un- unbelievable. Yeah. Like how how synergistic and powerful they were. We were just play a twenty land red white beatdown deck with four Carews. I remember originally people were making fun of me when I made the budget Boros deck, and then it was just what everybody did. You gonna build so a budget jailbreak deck? I could do that. Jailbreak I could do that. You see that guy being played? Uh, I, I want to say yes, actually. I, Do you really? Four, 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 four. You got to respect it. It's not in green. I mean, like, if it were in green, you'd be like, yeah, like four, 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 four. Literally grow on trees in green. But like, black. I, there's a two, two for two. Can't block. We just talked about. I mean, it, I, I, I ask black you. is the new red. <laughs> I gotta ask you a question. Yeah. Next card. Hall of Famer elect Paulo Vitor Domodorosa on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Said, I think this card is kind of like Bitter Blossom. Hollow normally has a chorus of yays when he says stuff. Yep. 
You and I really have a chorus of yays on this. But, like, is this card good? I like, have a question. Before, before we continue this, let's just be clear about something. Yeah. Paulo hasn't been working with the, the Channel Fireball core for the last <laughs> Pro Tour, right? Like, <laughs> their deck was bad two Pro Tours ago, and then this last one, <laughs> they kind of fractured the team because half the field is CF, right? So they yeah, didn't yeah, want to yeah. all test together. Yeah, yeah. I think we might be seeing a symptom of uh, the fracturing of that. I mean, like, Brian Kibler, who's basically, you know, the gets most of the credit, at least, for, for being um, him, and as, as well as uh, Josh Hutter-Layton, or the, the core deck designers on on that team for the past few Pro Tours, and he was working with Finkel for, for this yeah, past yeah, one. Yeah. I think we're, we're, we're seeing the, the side effects of, of that. So, so Pack Rat, 1B, rare, it's a rat, uh, Star Star, as rats star, are, star. and uh, it has Pack, pack Rat's power and toughness equal to the number of rats you control. Of course. And then it has 2B, discard a card, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of Pack Rat. I actually think this card might be awesome. Now that... <laughs> Now that you're done making fun of them? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I might change my mind on this. It's actually kind of awesome, right? And again, remember, we talked earlier about, like, what, what happens if you populate? It's Well, let's let's step back for a second. We're basically in a situation where we have two two twos for five, a.k.a. Grizzly Fate. Right. <laughs> so it's like a Grizzly Fate with Suspend. <laughs> and then, like... One and eight mana, you have three three threes. Yeah, so it's like Crush of Worms. It's like... If, if the worms were three and crush worms cost eight. <laughs> sure. It, it's, it's kind of... I, I don't hate it, actually. It's like... I don't know. I really have to think about this. Well, this certainly seems like, to me, a prime card. Like, if you were going to do something that abused Populate... Yeah. This is a card you're going to do. I mean, are there, th- are there like, graveyard trigger stuff? I mean, do we have Dredge Mechanic or something? Well, you don't have Dredge Mechanic, but you certainly have Scavenge and Golgari. Right? You have stuff where if you have creature- these cards in your graveyard... You can do you Activate them and That's an put plus speed one, plus ability? one counters. Scavenge? No, this, so this one. Yes, yeah. this is. Yeah, I, I think I don't hate this. I think Grizzly Fate Jr. is... <laughs> I, they, they costed it at three. I mean, a lot of the time I look at something like that, and it's it's rare, right? It is rare. So I, I ask myself questions like, number one, why didn't they cost it at two? And then number two, is that rare? That means that they must have had a reason not to cost it at two. Right. I think it might be awesome. I might have to... I might have to rethink making fun of people. Again, you don't you don't have to make a rat each turn either, right? Like you again, right? You could do it in instant. Yeah, so you like, could, you like, could just be sitting there on you, you know. just discard anything? Yeah, anything. So I could discard like a think twice or a desperate yeah. ravings? Yeah. Wow, I don't know. This I think this card's kinda like bitter blossom. <laughs> what if I didn't even play red and I just discarded desperate ravings and <laughs> flashback on the <laughs> It's well you can yeah, faithful saluting this might not be that bad. <coughs> Actually, like, what if you just bend a dude to reanimate with it? It's yeah. like, all I did was, like, I'm going to say Elshnorn, but I don't mean Elshnorn, right? Whatever you're sure. bending. Drag Tusk. Uh, sure. You just you play this thing, throw down an Unburial Rights. You have two two twos. Next you turn. You can discard an Unburial yeah. Rights. Throw down a, whatever, I'm going to say a Titan or an Elshorn, whatever that is, a Worm Coil Engine, all cards that have rotated, but I'm sure there's some enormous creature that someone might want to play. Throw that down, you have like three three threes are swinging, and they're like, oh, by the way. But you're Runes Guard Demon. Yeah, Runes Guard Demon. Oh, Runes Guard Demon rotate? I don't know. Factor Fiction Sphinx, did that rotate? No, that's still All right, I threw it on, threw it on Factor Fiction Sphinx then. Uthens, Uthens Sphinx, yeah. 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 It certainly seems interesting. I'm not now that I think about it as a reanimation engine. I think that they're. It's way more interesting than I thought 30 seconds ago. I'm not sold on it being awesome. But it might be. Yeah. 
like eight rain. Again, you get to sit on your mana and go, oh, look. Oh, you did something that I need to kill? Kill that. I won't yeah. make a rat. I like it. I like it loose. That's it. All right. Uh, into red. Yeah. Gutter Snipe. 2R for Goblin Shaman at Uncommon. It's a 2-2. Two, two. So, Grey Ogre-y yep. kind of stats. With a sweet ability, though. And the ability is really sweet. So, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Gutter Snipe deals two damage to each opponent. Um, Faithless Looting is a card that leaps immediately to mind here, right? So you basically get, like, a char attached to your Faithless Looting if you have this in play. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's probably constructed quality. Uh, you know, maybe... There's not going to be... Car- there's The problem is there's not actually decks anymore that are so creature destruction poor that you can sure. that you can get away with this. Like, What if this, guy's, many- re- what if this guy's redundant to your Burning Vengeances? If I were playing Burning Vengeances, I... Well, I mean... I- I'm just saying, like, you get to overload a slot. I, I don't agree, because the thing is that, like, if I were playing Burning Vengeances, right? My Burning Vengeances are enchantments. They're relatively robust. Sure. Whereas this, like, you're just ensuring your opponent has something to kill creatures when you don't play very many creatures. Sure, sure. So I don't think it's probably constructed quality, but it is sweet in, like, a limited sense. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a fun kitchen table deck out of it. I'd much rather move to the next card. Uh, Mizium Mortars, which is my favorite spoiled card. May- top three favorite spoiled cards already. Really? It's so, awesome. So one R for sorcery, it's rare. Yep. And Mizium Mortars deals four damage to target creature you don't control. So, That's but it, it's also got overload. It does have overload to three R, R, R. And so overload is an alternate cast yep. cost for a spell. And so all the cards that have overload have target creature uh, on them. It's and then replaced and, with And then it gets replaced creature. with each creature. Yeah. So, basically, this card is awesome because, I don't know if you remember, like, back in the day, we would, we, even in, to now in Modern or Extended, I will very commonly play a card like uh, Lash Out if I'm playing red. Now, yeah. this, this, this is a different function than Lash Out because Lash Out can actually deal damage to the opponent and helps me regulate my draw, which is yeah. the reason why I play it in, in a bigger format. Uh, but my point when I bring that up is that there's some precedent to playing cards that just kill creatures two, in red. Two mana to deal four damage to, four to a creature is, is a big deal. Awesome. We'd probably be talking about this card Without if we the had overlay. no additional yeah. text. But, but it would probably have to be instant, though. Yeah, it would have to be instant, but, or it wouldn't have to be rare, or... Uh, but I'm incredibly inclined to play this card as a sideboard all-star. I think a vast number of decks would be very happy to play this in the sideboard. Probably not main deck. But as a but then the overload is just gravy. Well, in a case, so I mean, also I think that we see a lot of these uncounterable spells that we're going to get to when we get yep. to the gold cards. One of them is essentially, uh, you know, a cranial extraction. You know, an uncounterable cranial yep. extraction type card. Like, don't you also need to get to a point where, you know, don't you think magic can very quickly get to a point where you need to vastly diversify That's your, a- your your threats? Like that you can't just be like, well. You know, I know I've got these. Uh, That's a these possibility. Four bonfire of the Dams in my I sideboard. I hadn't considered. Yeah, it's basically a bonfire. Right. So it's like. It can't kill planeswalkers, though. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fine, but like, you're like, well, I still need to kill their creatures, and they're just like, okay, well, I'll slow play. I'll steal your bonfires. I'll get rid of all of them, and then I'll play my guys. Like, so can we agree this is a superb card? Yeah. I, I, it's literally, I think, top three of my favorite cards, if not my favorite card in the set I so think, far. I think any card that can sort of second fiddle to a premier card yeah. is going to be really good in in an environment where you have to do wor- worry about people like so, extracting like, you and to me stuff. I, the the home that i imi- immediately see this <laughs> would be like grixis control 
So um, I really like the, the combination with Snapcaster Mage seems very good synergy to me. But the other thing is that, uh, like you said, it gives you a redundancy against Bonfire. I... But it, it, you're in a colors that can't play uh, um, Abrupt Decay. Right. So like if you're like obviously Abrupt Decay is a better card than this. Sure. But um, if you're not in in the colors that can cast that. You have to play other options to go creatures. I really think this is an excellent one. Yeah. So, just to be clear, though, if I Snapcaster Mage this, yeah. I can't pay its overload cost. Oh, you can't? I don't think so, right? It's, it's casting know. cost. Okay. Right? I, I think. Well, can't look it up. No. So. Uh, Street Spasm. This is another overload card. XR, uh, for an instant, uncommon. Uh, Street Spasm deals X damage to target creature without flying you don't control. So, it's a bad heat ray. Right. But then it becomes a bad, like, a million heat rays, right? Yeah, then it's like RRXX. Uh, you may cast this uh, spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So, for Red Red... It's a little bit better four, than a Bonfire, though, right? For Red Red 4, you could Pyroclasm. Yeah, but it's a little bit better than a Bonfire from that perspective. Sure. I mean, without damaging Planeswalkers or creatures. Or sure, humans. sure, sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't see that as being particularly constructive playable because it's a bad heat, right? Yeah. Yeah, like... Um, like, do you want to pay two mana to kill yeah. a I mean, Snapcaster Mage? You know, like, limited, limited all-star. Oh, certainly a limited all-star. But, yeah. It's not a Pyrocosm, by the way. It kills their guys. It leaves your guys alive. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that is worth noting. Yeah, pretty worth noting, I think. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah, like you said, like Bonfire. Um... All right, moving on to green. Axebane Guardian. This is a common creature. It's 2G for a human druid. O3. Defender. And it has Defender. And then it has add at tap, add X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool, where X is the number of creatures with Defender you control. Entix. What's that? Entix. No, you don't like yeah. this at all? No. I mean, didn't Overgrown... I mean, Overgrown Battlements was a, was a very real card. Which had one more toughness and one less casting cost. I agree. But also didn't give you color any kind of color fixing. Yeah, but there's so many better options than this. You don't you don't think you're gonna see this this is gonna see play in standard at all? Not in any deck that I'd be willing to okay. to envision playing at this point. The the next card we're gonna look at just outclasses this the two cards from now, sorry. Okay. I, I, I just, three mana is a lot for a yeah. card that has essentially no impact. Right. Can't block anything worth blocking. I mean, is it is it better than, like, the the lamp? The lamp? The three mana lamp? No. It's not better than the three mana lamp, I think, is spectacular. I know you're not as... I'm not a huge fan. You're not a and, huge fan of it. And I, I love it. And I think that that card is substantially better than <laughs> this Defender Druid guy. Somehow I coughed and made everything disappear. Okay. Uh, this is an interesting card to me. Um, and it's expensive, and I understand that. I like expensive stuff. It's Death's Presence. 5G. Death's Presence? Death's. Death. So Death. It's, it's not a black card? Duh. No, it's green. Death. Okay. Death. Death's Presence in green? I know, it's kind of weird. Weird. Are you uh, sure it's not Geth's? It's not. Okay. 5G for an enchantment. And so it says, whenever a creature you control dies, put X plus one plus one counters on target creature you control where X is the power of the creature that died. So it's... So it's whenever one of your creatures dies... Right. Put counters onto one of your creatures. Yes, equal to how big that creature was. I mean, they're... 
there have been a few people who are really interested in playing a card like this. Well, I mean, so so I'll, I'll start where I started with this card. Yep. Well, I started with this card was EDH, Commander. Okay. Okay? So picture for a second, you know, some scenario, you have like, you just like, you're playing some kind of druidy deck, and you have a bunch of mana accelerators, or you have Awakening Zone, making a bunch of 1-1, one, one. you know, 01, you know, duders that can make mana. You ramp out, you play, you have some large creature, this, and a greater good. Assuming your deck is going to do something with the greater great, good cards. With the greater yeah. good cards. You could basically rip through your entire deck. Oh, I was thinking, is there any cheap way to, like, when you tr- when something dies, trigger put a guy right into play? Like, well, like on. undying guys, right? Or how about persist guys? By the way, a kitchen thinks oh. and a murderous red cap is infinite. If you have a sack outlet, yep. is an infinite loop. Because they, they take each other's counters off with the with the right the present. plus one the first plus one plus one counter nukes the minus one minus one counter when they finish. So you're like make a sack out. I don't know. Let's call it a goblin bombardment. Cast this and then tooth and nail for for I mean, the other I, two. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just making up a scenario. It, it right? seems like a, a bit of a stretch, but I mean, it's certainly. I have a feeling that this is a card that's going to show up somewhere. Well, I mean, the re- it's certainly going to show up in Commander. But the reason I, I point that out is just like. You're like, oh, Durful, Durful, so what a stupid idea. But the thing is, like, Murder's Red Cap and Kitchen Finks are playable cards. Tooth and Nail is a playable card. You yeah. know, like, you just rearrange them in, in a different configuration. All of a sudden, you've added an infinite loop with very little cost. That's right. the... Well, wait, that becomes a two-card combo, where the two-card combo is Death's Presence, Tooth and Nail. Uh, let me think no, a three-card combo, you need the... You need, you need a sack outlet. Yeah. But there's probably some practical-ish thing that we can and do. I'm not, and I'm not certain, whenever a creature you control dies, so I don't even know that you can't just, like, loop the persist creature onto itself. I, I don't think I'm that works. I'm pretty sure you can't. I don't think you can. Creature dies, you get the trigger. Oh, no, no, creature dies, right? You get two triggers. Right. You stack you this persist- trigger, and then you stack the other one, but the problem is this one has to have a target. So, the... Uh, oh, yeah, it has to have a target. Yeah. Right, okay. But you can stack it the other way, but then you're going to miss the trigger. <laughs> right? Like... All right. So, but it's an interesting card. Next card. What do you, uh, scale of one to ten? Where do you think I put Gate I mean, Creeper Vine? I have this as your number one card in the set. I actually, I actually don't like it very much. Really? Yeah. This it, is like such a because it's not a two-two for three. Yeah. So the thing that, that that I have against it is like I would even take a one-one for for the same cost. Obviously, like, but the, the so you want you just want to tussle. You want to get your land and then you want to tussle. I mean, the, what I would point out is like you know people make fun of me a lot for playing. But you call you long-balled it by a year. You were like, you will play Pilgrim's Eye. And I'm like, shut up. I'm not going to play Pilgrim's Eye. Not only did I play Pilgrim's Eye in multiple decks, one of them was my Exarch twin deck on the 5K where the people were like, what was that? And then when I cut it for uh, the SCG Invitational, Josh was like, you should have played four Pilgrim's Eyes. They were awesome in that deck. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so this is like a, an O2 Defender. So it's one, one G, yep. common, plant, O2 Defender. When Gate Creeper Vine enters a battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card or, or, a, or a, gate. a gate card. So, I mean, uh, the ability to get a gate is sick. It, 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 this is like... It, the, the reason I'm not a huge fan of this card is... First of all, birthing pods leaving, so there's no... Oh, my God. If, if you had a step for it, I'd be like... I'd, I'll be all over like a two-oven, a birthing pod deck. I can live with that. But it's leaving. And then the other thing is... Um, 
like I, I, I just have these fond memories of, of beating down fairies players who were unwilling to trade two bitter blossom tokens <laughs> for my Borderland Ranger, you know? Sure. Or like they would thought seize me and then take something and they're like, oh, this Borderland Ranger stinks or the Civic Wayfinder stinks. And that guy would end up doing 10 to them. And then by the time they stabilize, they're taking a demon fire to the face. You know, like I, I have all these fond memories. But the other thing is like, what, what's the closest approximation to this card that you can think of? To me, it's like Wall of Omens or Wall of Blossoms, sure. right? I was thinking Elvish Visionary. Yeah, but like, but this guy is first. Elvis Visionary is an elf, yeah, and he can fight, right? Right. This guy is like a bad wall of blossoms or a bad yeah. wall of moments, and those cards are like fringe. They're like barely played. So I'm thinking like if if the 04 version isn't isn't really good enough, is really tacking gate onto this going to make it playable? And that's why I'm reluctant. I I. Do you, do you think if, I want to love this card? So do you think I look at this card and I say to myself, but this is if, the card that, that Aaron Forsyth made for me? But what if there's a, like, synergistic package around Gates? Like, what if there's, like, some awesome creature, you know, at three or four mana? Let's just say Ogre Gate. Was Ogre, a three, yeah. Let's just say whatever. Let's just say he was awesome, right? He was an awesome, he was a four-four for three mana, and he can, he loses Defender if you have Gate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kibosh you for a second. Yeah. Gates come into play tapped, so sure. It, there, there's a, I, I, I get it. I, there's a, a lot of sub theme going on here. But to me, of the cards I've seen so far, I'm not seeing it. I'm sorry. Okay. And I know that that's surprising to everyone. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I understand it actually. I, I know you really, you like to like clap your hands like a little child when your opponent doesn't block their your pilgrim's eye. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Like, that's like my favorite thing. But I think my greatest my greatest sense of victory in that 5K that I won was putting uh, Splinter Twin on my Pilgrim's Eye and claiming that it was as good as Jason Mine Sculptor. <laughs> you know how annoying it was for Squadronaut player? Like, it's colorless, doesn't matter which sword they have. Come block, fuck their sorted guy, while drawing an extra card every turn. Sure. At some point, I just have enough mana to <laughs> pay for all their mana. Sure. <laughs> that was sweet. Um, hey. World Spine Worm. This is the last of the colored cards we have previewed. Wow, 11 mana. So it's 11 mana for a worm. Yep. Mythic. 15, Obviously. 15-15. Trample. Uh, when World Spine dies, put three 5-5 five, five green worm creature tokens with Trample onto the battlefield. And then when World Spine Worm is put into a graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it into its owner's library. So just shuffle it, right? Yeah, So it's, it. it's not an Eldrazi. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Shuffle it. But this card is... Big? I mean... I mean, is there a cheatsy way to get... I mean, even if, even if you can cheatsy it out, I actually think there's cards in this set that I would rather cheatsy out. Sure. Like, and it costs a million. I mean, I... Right, you're looking, basically looking for a way to sneak attack this, or flash... Sneak attacking it would be sweet. Or flash it... With pandemonium in play, flash, yeah. <laughs> flash it with pandemonium and goblin bombardment I mean, in play. Sneak, well, sneak attack pandemonium and this is just game over. Yeah, it's game. Right? Yeah, that's like thirty, right? It's, it's <laughs> just thirty, at least thirty. Oh, it's like four, it's forty-five actually, right? <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Yeah, I've, I've done. That's the deck. <laughs> I mean, just sneak attack in this, I'm fine with. We don't need the pandemonium. Yeah. Hit you for fifteen, three five fives. Oh, got me. Like. <laughs> it certainly seems like a card that people are going to... Uh... You can't reanimate it. They made it so you can't reanimate it easily. Uh, right. Although you could probably do some sort of like instant reanimating when it's on the stack. When it's abilities on the stack. If it so returned to your hand, that would, be, that would yeah. be a little different. Yeah, it would be pretty exciting. 
but uh, you know, I, yeah, I think this is I think this is a a fun card. I'm sure it'll be very very popular in Commander. I mean, what's that the the overrun Gigundo guy I said was horrible? I met the guy last time. It actually saw oh, Crater Poop Behemoth. Yeah, yeah, it actually saw some play in some sort of Elvish decks, right? Yeah, yeah, and the Green Summer that was the Travis yeah. Wu deck. That was just like elves and palladium mirrors and. Nobody actually won any tournaments, but people played. I, mean, no, I think the deck actually qualified somebody. Okay. I mean, it was it was great. I mean, I played in I played in a PTQ in Seattle, and let me tell you something. Everybody was playing that deck. Okay. It was you know it was it was good. Now um, speaking of detain, I really like this next card. Okay. So now we're into the gold cards. Yep. This is where this is why you're going to Ravnica. You know, this is what you what you want. You know, we've gone through all the little tourist traps on the outskirts of Ravnica. Now we're Ravnica proper. Yeah, now we're, now we're right there. So this is Archon of the Triumvirate. So it's five WU for so seven. Archon. Seven mana total for a four five. Not a legend. No. Archon flying. Flying. Whenever Archon of the Triumvirate attacks, detain up to two target non-lane permanent your opponent controls. That oh, it's, have, it, oh, it's only when it attacks. Only when it. Attacks. I thought it was when it CIP or attack. No, like no, no, I, no, I was no. like, oh, I don't like this card anymore. No. I mean, but it's also not. Uh, it's not creatures. It's not creatures. Yeah, it's not any permanent. It's planeswalkers. I understand. It's artifacts. But I thought a minute ago that it was when it CIP or oh, attacked, yeah. and that card you, would be unbelievable. You thought it was a flighten? Yeah, I thought it was like, like, well, it only has five toughness, but like, it doesn't matter what your opponent does. <laughs> He's completely locked out if he doesn't kill it immediately. Like, you have like a one-turn window to kill it, and then... The thing is... But it just locks you out of the game. If, if this thing lives... You know, if you get to untap with it, yeah, it's, it's game. Gonna, it's going to do whatever it wants yeah, to do. You need to be able to defend it for a turn or two, but like, it's game, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like uh, I'm going to detain your awesome guy and your other awesome thing. Or like, you know, a lot of the time when we were playing the blue-green Genesis Wave deck, you could have two Titans in play and still lose to a sort of body in mind. Like, yeah. this can, thing can like lock down, you know, a guy and like, you know, stop them from equipping the sword. There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff that you could do. Uh, and now. I don't love it anymore. Yeah. Now, it, to me, it's just a seven mile, four five wire. Sure. <laughs> the dreams of living through an untap. Also, <laughs> um, just to back up for a second, so I, I talked about my previous. That, syncopate. Oh, yeah, so we, we missed Syncopate. Syncopate is back. So, for all of you who are lamenting the loss of Monolith, you have a two, two caster counter spell. The, the, fun, the funny thing is, though, I feel, like, for two. I feel like there was a window where. Syncopate might have been awesome in standard. Wasn't it against an, just? Well, no. It, against it, decks. Against like Manalik, like Manalik Snapcaster. You know, like you're like okay. Oh, uh, that's against. Do you know what I mean? Like getting to Syncopate. By the way, that, those interactions are still here. Snapcaster Mage didn't go anywhere. Snapcaster Mage didn't go anywhere. And but, there's like, still tons of relevant flashback spells. Yeah. So I mean, like Syncopate. Like I hated. I hated Syncopate. Like I just wanted to flashback my Beast Attack. Did Osa play it in his uh, top eight deck? He top eighted Osaka with it. Um, Tony Hovey won Finnish Nationals with it. In, do you remember a deck called Trenches? Yes. Yeah, he had he had multiple copies of it. John Sonny, Snake Tongue, New Jersey State he Champion. Syncopate. Yeah, that was. If you guys don't know Snake Tongue, there it's was in my a, article. I, I put it in my there article. Was a, John Sonny taught me how to play Snake Tongue, and he says the trick to playing this deck correctly is to never do anything unless your opponent has something on the stack. <laughs> but if there's something on the stack, let's go. Be like, uh, Aether Vile, your guy and mine. 
my uh, Aetherburst. Aetherburst, sorry. Yeah. Your guy and my uh, Mystic Snake, Mystic Snake, your thing. <laughs> or like, you have something on the snack, like Aetherburst, my Mystic Snake, and my Flames on Kabu. <laughs> Mystic Snake, your thing, Flames on Kabu, your other thing. So only when your opponent has something on the stack should you ever do anything. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, yeah. I mean, Syncopate was a card that definitely, like, it, it came out in Odyssey Block, right? Yep. And it was like, it was there to just mess with, you know, fire, uh, flame, what is it, flame burst, or what was, fireball. It was there to mess with fireball? Fireball. Or any of the, the any of the flashbacks, of sure. Yeah. So, I don't know, I could, I could, I don't know, I don't, I could see someone, I'll tell would... you something, the odds that, same line that we saw for Craig Wesco. Patrick playing, Chapin. No, not, well, or, or Patrick Reed Duke. How about Shaheen Sarani? On camera at an SCG open, two syncopates. I mean, can you guarantee they cost four? <laughs> I mean, if you lock down the syncopate at four. I'm telling you, you're going to find some Shaheen Sarani deck. He's going to play some tournament. <laughs> the Shrimping Grotto. It's five syncopate. It's there. I mean, I will syncopate that Archon in a second, by the way. You give me an open, I'm syncopating that thing. Um, all right, moving on. Augur Spray, one BR instant. So it's a three-mana instant. Target creature gets plus four, minus four until under turn. So it's just like a better-ish last gasp. I mean, it's plus four, minus four. Sure, well, that last gasp was, wasn't... Oh, wait. I'm sorry. What was the, There was a card that was plus three, minus three. No, but you could hit two different targets with that. Yeah, well, that was... Yeah. I mean... This is just a weird card. Plus I mean, four just doesn't matter. I mean, if it's a five, it matters a lot. Sure. Not if you're blocking, right? You're like, okay. Who blocks? Well, There's a whole unleash mechanic to discourage this bad play. I don't, um, I don't want to talk about Augur Spree. You don't think Augur Spree is anything? I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a, a fine, terrible banishing. But think about how... We just talked about the idea of though, being able to deal with four toughness yeah. at, 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 at sorcery speed yep. for one arm. Right? Yeah. With the the, 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 the difference between red one and red black one is tremendous. I agree. And the difference but between it, but the difference between sorcery speed and instant speed is tremendous. Disagree. I don't think instant versus sorcery makes that big of a deal. Not compared to adding a full a full cost right. to it. No, that's fine. Especially I, if it's I, another color. Yeah, I don't think. I think I, I would be shocked if I didn't see this card get some play. But I don't. I, I agree with you that I don't. Think I mean, it's, it's just so. For, as, in terms of being a removal card, it's so many levels worse than dismember. Sure. And like dismember just stopped seeing play for sure. the most part. Like it. I. Just, Let's talk about some instants that will see play. Ooh, Azorius Charm. <laughs> Weakest of the charms so far, in my opinion. Weakest of the charms, and this was still a card that people were going crazy over uh, when they spoiled this it. This is a four of Endelver, for sure. Right. And it's the weakest of the charms. So so all the charms, there's there's one charm for each guild. Presumably. We've Presum- only seen three. Uh, I, I think they've gone out and said it. If okay. not, I'm, whatever. I'm just going to call it. Okay. Uh, so, so this is WU, instant. And then it's choose one. It's just like charm. Remember Ivory Charm, sure. Ebony Charm, Esper Charm. Esper Charm. Oh yeah, we have the the tricolor. We have yeah. the. You can make a deck of like es- Esper Charm, Azorius Charm, or Charm Demir Charm, and like Snapcaster Mage, and that might be a competitive deck. That might be a just competitive modern deck at Return to Ravnica Pro Tour. Yeah, because like charms are so flexible and cheap. Let me tell you something. I was I spent went to the office today for a little while. I, I was looking for my Isochron scepters. Oh, you want a charm on that? I mean, 
seems good. So, so there's three abilities. So three abilities. Creatures you control gain lifelink. That's hard. <laughs> it's hard to cost, but I bet you that will be relevant. It's like sure. Benzer's second ability, right? Sure. No one, no one ever expects that your guys are unblockable. Draw a card. Way overcosted at white you. Sure. That's, right? So, like, it, you wouldn't even pay you for that or, at instant speed. Or put attacking or blocking creature on top of its owner's library. Overcosted at white you, but you'd be happy to play it at white. But you'd be super happy to have this card on a, on a stick. You'd be super happy to flip over Delver of Secrets with this card as well, right? Yeah. Because, like, the ability to draw a card, you have to replace Ponder with something. This is instant speed. Yeah. You can leave up Mana to cast this for... for uh, for your card draw on second turn, and basically leave open Syncopate or whatever you got. So, so this is currently we haven't seen yeah. any other charms. This is currently number one charm. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, Carnival Hellsteed. So this is six mana for a five four. First strike in haste. Yep. And then it has unleash. So it could so be a six. For five. six mana, this could be a six five. First strike haste creature. There's, there's not. Didn't people play Bolseradon in Constructed? I, I was gonna say I don't think there's a lot of good precedent for cards of this type at this casting cost. Like yet. But the, people played the Ceradon. What deck? I'm, I have to look it up when we go home. The, I, there's a lot of things that seem like they'd be good on paper with this card, but I just there's just no precedent for it. The closest thing is a what was the name of that guy who's like a seven two or something for RR three. And then he was highly competitive against... He's an elemental, I think. Sure. Uh, he was highly competitive against um, Demigod of Revenge, but only the Japanese played him. Sure. Like, and, like even that guy wasn't heavily played. And I, I, I think just... You don't care that much about not going to the graveyard and durability on your gigantic power haste guy. 6-5 right. haste, yeah. Six, that, it, on paper, there's a lot of things going for him. I just don't see the president for playing the card. Sure. That's all. Sure. Uh, Corpse Jack Menace. So this is a Golgari card, 2 GB so for a fungus, for a 4-4. Four, four. It's also a rare. Uh, so if one or more plus one, plus one counters would be placed on a creature you control, twice that many plus one, plus one counters. So this obviously plays well with scavenge. And if, if it doesn't die, it's, it's going to go crazy, right? Yeah. So um, if you have two of them in play, that's probably well, pretty Well, actually, I, so you know, just going back to Death's Presence. Yeah. You actually get to do some pretty stupid stuff. But I was going to say, like, anything. If you have two of this in play also, right? Like, Yeah, but I'm just like, like, let's just say you had a sack outlet and a one, two, and a three power creature. So you sack the one, and you put two plus one plus one counters on your guy. Then you sack that guy, and then you put eight plus one plus one counters on your next guy. Like... I think that this. I don't is, know what you're doing. With I think this team. is probably more kind of Trish uh, progressive than that. Like I think that it's just the kind of thing where you you're likely to get an advantage on the board and then push and push the advantage on the board. Sure. That's what I think is probably sure. going to happen with it. Sure. Uh, well, but, I mean, again, with scavenge, it seems awesome. Yeah. So I mean, it depends on like how our scavenge slash graveyard based you know plus one plus one counters strategies evolve. But I, I think I certainly see this being a, a playable card. It looks like kind of like a vagina face, doesn't it? I like to think of it as predator face. <laughs> Um, Dreadbore. This is a card people are super excited about at Pax Party. Yeah, it's where super they were good. Gonna put the card. This mean, is like an unprecedented level of power. Red, black, sorcery, rare. Yeah. Rare? Rare. Terminate was common, right? Terminate was common. Yeah. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. I mean, this is just like a $20 card then. Because they made it rare. Doink. It's just Terminate sorcery speed that can kill Gideon. Right? Yeah. Or just like... It's just stone kills like an X counter I don't know whatever your you want to still get your opponent still gets to like play their planeswalker and use it I mean 
let's look, let's look at it a little bit differently. There are a lot of formats where, like, if you just play a fast Karn, that's game, right? Right. Not anymore. Sure. Like, it, this card is really, really powerful. And uh, I think, what signal do you see? I see Grixis control again on this one. Yeah. I mean, like, whatever, John, I, I see. I just see Grixis control. I mean, I see, I see a lot of decks that are in one of these colors also stretching their mana base to get to the other color. I can see a Boros deck stretching to be Dark Boros to play this. I mean, I can see Billy Moreno doing that in a second, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, you, you, I mean, it's just, it's just too, like you said, it's an unprecedented effect. It's like, I mean, just the ability, like, someone's sitting there stockpiling their Liliana patiently turn after turn after turn, and then you're yeah. just like, Disenchant your, Disenchant your place, Walkers. This card is so wicked. I mean, in terms of raw power, it, it might be the most powerful card we've seen so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly the most, like, rules-breaky card we've seen. It's really good, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we've talked a little bit about Scavenge. This is the first card we're seeing with Scavenge, Dreg, Dreg Bangler. I could just play this card without the Scavenge. Like, it's so good. So it's it's Mike's, like, favorite alignment. It's got a green mana symbol, and it's got a 3-3 three, three in, uh, in the lower right. So it's 1-B-G. So it's, like, Ebony Tree Folk casting cost. For a three-three with haste. I mean, this card, this card is just a ruiner of days, right? Like this is like you play this on turn two. All yeah, the time. like you're just like just all the time. Right? You're like first turn forest arbor elf, second turn overgrown, smash you, right? Yeah. And then like they kill it, and you're like whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then it has scavenge. So like, scavenge, its scavenge ability is three BG. Is this playable in like modern? Because like playing this off of a. <laughs> off of a noble hierarch just seems disgusting. Oh, like just to me. getting in for four. Yeah, on turn two. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's and then it's just like, oh, by the way, I've got all this extra text. Uh, I mean, how about how about just in Jund? You're like blood, blood braid. Oh my god! <laughs> blood braid elf. Flip my dreg mangler. Attack six? for six. Extra. I mean, like, in addition oh to whatever my. else I was already attacking for. It. Like this, agree. This card is like an eight out of ten for for a card of this mold, right? Well, and the, the fact that like it does all that, like it has this I incredibly. Honestly, don't need the scavenge. I was just saying it has this incredible front side. Yeah. And then late game, you just get to spend five mana. You have to do it as a sorcery, whatever. You get to spend five mana for and plus just three, plus three, plus three, plus three, a guy like, for the rest of the game. It's just. I, you know, like just think. I just get to see you like having what some sort of. What commonalities is uncommon? Uncommon. The card is bonkers. Yeah, this card like, is really good. Like, I, ugh. <laughs> think about like some sort of like what was what was your land that you would make your make your tokens with? Vidugazi the city tree. city tree. Imagine you like some late game scenario when this is available to you. You're like Vidugazi the city tree. Actually, Untap. playing creature cards is so far beneath me. Uh, I cannot believe you're asking this question. Un- Untap. Scavenge this onto my token attack yeah, before. Yeah, this card is primo. Uh, another card people are really excited about. Goblin Electromancer. Are they really excited about I it? I mean, people are certainly. People are certainly. I, I wrote an article about two drops, and I just didn't write about that. R- card. RB. So it just yeah. is it cost um, for Goblin are Wizard? You? Are you sorry? Um, instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. Like, traditionally, this is a fairly powerful mechanic. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems very Nightscape familiar to me. Yeah, but this is just instant or sorcery spells. Do you think so? Rate uh, name a player who would who would really want to play this card. I've 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 cool. another player. 
uh, maybe that other other people out in the listening universe might have a strong affinity and understanding of the kind of decks they would want to play. Who, who do you think would want to play I this? See, I could see Chapin playing this. You think? I could absolutely see I think other this. other Patrick. I think Patrick Sullivan is a, is the person I, I see playing this. Oh, but right, like where everyone else is just thinking about like all these kind of card draw spells that they could play. Yeah, yeah he's just He's just thinking about it. He's like, lash out for R. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, lash like, out. I thought we were playing Legacy. Yeah, <laughs> lash out. <laughs> like the last time like I saw him play Legacy, he was playing just with blue-red Delver Burn, you know, like, and I, I just, he, he played like an, is it, you know, beat down deck in standard a few years ago, he just, you know, just a regular deck, but like he had like four, is it guild mage, and then like doubled his volcanic hammer sometimes. Yeah, this, this card seems, this card seems really good to me. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, I, I didn't really know what to say about it, you know, like, it's just like, well, you reduce your costs, if, you know what's awesome with this card, really awesome, Desperate Ravings. I was just going to say, or, or any kind of flashback. Any yeah. kind of flashback. Your faithless looting is more reasonable. It's a, it's, know. it's an interesting card. I mean, this, you know, just, I think the pressure on, on Ru on turn two is, could be heady though. Like, sure. You know, actually, what if you play this in first turn Delver Secret, second turn this thing? You know, I'm not sure where, where we're going. But there's a lot of colorless casting costs. Brimstone volley, Snapcaster beach, my brimstone volley. Uh, bonfire of the Damned. Oh, it makes Bonfire the Nim pretty reasonable, yeah. actually. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Miracle Spells, actually, also. I I think, I think I'm think i warming up to this card. Yeah, I okay. mean, I think he, he's obviously... Like, it's just historically... Yeah. Anything That's like, a hard power, I understand. It, it's, like, and usually cards like this are like... It's like Arcane Melee we just saw in the last set. It's like, oh, everybody's instance in Sark. Not, you know, not this time. No, not this time. So I think this is a challenging card to evaluate. I, I do, too. I, I, I think I think we can't fully also appreciate it until we see the full set. But I think that while this exists at the same time as Flashback Spells... Well, we know that it makes Searing Spear much more reasonable, right? Right, Searing Spear. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just makes it R. Just makes it into Lightning Bolt. Yeah. Bolt. Sure. So, um, but, but I think also at the same time, we're Think Twice and, um, you know, Silent Departure and, you know, all of those spells are, are, are still around. I think it's also... Like Dissipate. Yeah. Dissipate gets dissipate a lot. Dissipate becomes UU yeah. for a counter. Sure. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm warming up to it. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, here's a card I came pre-warmed up to. See, I'm, I'm hard on this one. I, I'm not sure. Like, to me, this basically says, will you pay B to just put four cards in your graveyard? I'm, and I will. So this yeah. is Grizzly Salvage. Um, Grizzly Salvage is GBG. How do you keep seeing all the models and I keep staring at you again? <laughs> I'm beautiful. Um, BG for an instant. Instant, by the way. Okay. This is an instant speed mulch. But it's also an instant speed tracker's instinct. Well, no, uh, you don't get the card advantage of a mulch. It's more like a commune with nature, right? Or it's more no, of a... reveal the top five cards in your library. Oh, you're right. It's not yeah. a mulch. Because, I mean, I never hit more than one land on a mulch. Hey, it's like exactly like what it, like a, what's the one that we had in that deck with Andre that you like, could get a colorless card or a... Or sure, a, Ancient Stirrings. Yeah, it's like an Ancient Stirrings or a commune with nature. But then you put the cards on the graveyard instead. Like, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay like, B for that. I, I'm, I'm willing to pay B for that. Like, what if, what if you're playing, what if you're playing a Spider Spawning deck? But what, if, what if you're trying to play Spider Spider Spawning? By the way, is a fairly powerful card that no one's really played. I agree. I've tried it. On your recommendation, it was surprisingly <laughs> excellent. But the thing that the thing that I'm saying here is every single time there's a commune with nature or a, or a an ancient stirrings, we always say how good it is, and then it just never even sees play. Even the decks that we play, sure. So like, maybe this is a really good enabler, and maybe well, again, if there's good salvage cards, like 
There are good salvage cards. That's not a question. So then, then this card is is good. Okay. Like it gets you your mana, right? It gets you. You can get a land. You can get a creature. You get can I get a creature. gate? You could get a gate. Can I get that O2 guy? You could. Oh, it's like gets crazy. An additional gate? It's crazy. It's, it's like, like synergy. It's like I have like a whole birthing pot on one card. Like, can you imagine like get this card and you're like, oh look, I hit my Snapcaster Mage. Put my Snapcaster Mage in my hand. Two turns later, you're like Snapcaster Mage, my Grizzly Salvage. Yeah, your opponent's like clapping. He's like, this could have been so much worse. No, they're dead. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I really, I really, I love this. Okay. Card. I mean, like I said, I was playing green, black, blue. Flashback, Snapcaster Mage, Mulching, doing all sorts of stuff. Certainly not saying no. Yeah. Havoc Festival. 4BR Enchantment Rare. Players can't gain life. Traditionally a fairly powerful ability. At but, six? But at six, probably not. Uh, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player loses half her, of half his or her life rounded up. This is a multiplayer commander card yeah. to me. I, I played this card. It was it called Subversion back from Urza's block, but yeah. it only like drained one one life per turn. Yeah. But like you know, there were matchups where you were playing black and red, and you couldn't get the last damage in. It's not unreasonable, I don't think. It's rounded up, right? It's rounded up. Yeah, you kill them. You kill them faster than they kill you. Right. Right. So yeah, we're both at twenty. I play yep. this. You go to ten. I go to ten. You go to five. I go to five. Yeah. Your you shock get... throws the math off. So. Yeah. Like, yeah, dr- yeah. dramatically throws the map off. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I Probably not. A sideboard role player, corner case, but not unplayable, I am yeah. And it, it's also um, can't gain life, and it loses life. So, like, should there be, like, weird, like, life gain situations, um, protection? Like, even in, like, in a situation where someone is, like, doing some kind of, like, crazy life gain loop, you know, and they're like, well, I don't really have a way to deal with you, but I'm at a million. Oh, what are you at? I'm at a million. Okay, you're at half a million. Here, well, you're going to be dead first. But. <laughs> Long before. Never mind. All right, Heroes Reunion. Reprint. Game never was. I mean, this is not a never was. People played this I, I, I'm the play people you're talking about, and it's never was. I mean, you know, you're looking for some extra little thing to put on your isochron stuff. I think Heroes Reunion was the first chink in Dave Price's uh, retirement. Uh, at the... At, this is bullshit. You know, at the at the invasion uh, pre-release or something, he lost to a, like a, a forty-three card deck with three heroes reunions. Nice. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm rethinking my life choices. All right, hypersonic dragon. This is also an is it card. Uh, three U R for dragon. It's a four-four rare. Flying haste. So it's a four-four for haste. Haste flyer. So this uh, is just way five. better than Volcanic Dragon already. A card that was corner... corner. That was a six-mana haste yep. dragon, right? Which was a corner playable card. And then this had, this says, you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. I like this card a lot. I'm not sure where it goes. I mean, if you go tap out, tap out with this and Niv-Mizzet, maybe, I could see it. You know, like... I mean, they have to deal with it, right? Yeah. I mean, like, what if your sorcery spells are, like, I don't know, some... like. If all of a sudden you have that the lightning card as an instant, you know, like that's great. I think that there's some there's some meat to this right, card. I ask you a question. Standard? I mean, you see it in standard? I could see myself playing it in standard. Okay. Yeah, certainly block, right? Like I, I don't know what block's gonna look like, but probably. I mean, you gotta assume that's a, a pretty yeah. powerful effect for block. I mean, a four-four flying haste yeah. for five okay. with no other text. You think twice at it, right? It's like. It's two levels better than a Dirkwood Boars, which I understand people don't play Dirkwood Boars, but people are really happy to play Indrik Stompaller, right. right? So it's like, 
where do you cost flying plus haste relative to smashing an artifact? Right? Indrik Sompaler was about the best card in Ravnica block. Okay? Because, I mean, even if all you did was smash a smash a signet, you know, oftentimes you were smashing a glare of some duel, though, right? Sure, sure. Almost every deck had a signet. It was like, we had it close to the number one card. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't better than Loxanon Hierarch, sure, you know. Sure. Maybe it wasn't better than Fireman Angel or Skeletal Vampire, but certainly a top ten card. Where do you cast just the ability naturalized versus the abilities flying in haste? That's that's the and we're talking about a top five creature. Sure. Okay? That's what that's that's the bar. I think it's certainly kinda of called out loud. So. I think I'm not even counting the third ability, which could be a ridiculous breaker. Right. Yeah. Uh Esperia Supreme Judge. So, Azorius, it's two WWUU, so it's six mana. Six mana TLDR. For <laughs> legendary creature Sphinx, flying. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, you may draw a card. That seems pretty powerful. But it's a six four. I, I can't consistently say that I think that other fours are durable enough, and not say that this four is durable enough. This is a really strong disincentive to attack. I mean, you're, you're not going to attack, right? I don't know. I, I plan to be attacked when this is in play. Did Gideon rotate? <laughs> yes. yes. The answer is yes. Yeah, it did. But, I don't know, you know, it's some, some like, consecrated sphinxy in some ways. But, I mean, it's so, it's just, it, it's hard to say that 4 toughness is fragile. I mean, 6 more is six, so much worse than 4-6. Yeah, at 6 mana, it feels fragile. Yeah, I mean, if you want to compare it straight up to Consecrated Sphinx, Consecrated Sphinx wins badly, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Is it Charm? Unfortunately, we've skipped to the best of the three charms that are revealed. <laughs> Glossing over Selesnya Charm. Is it Charm is choose one, counter-target non-creature so spell. It's red-blue for an instant. Right. So it's got... Counter-target non-creature spell unless it's controller pace two. So it's exactly stack. spell pierce. Okay, exactly yeah. spell pierce. Yep. Second ability is exactly shock that can only hit dudes, not sure. hit not sure. hit deal two damage players. target creature. So it, important implication, it also can't hit planeswalkers then. Sure. Okay. Yes. Or faithful suiting, right? Careful study. Or careful study. It's not faithful suiting, it's careful study. Sure, okay? sure. So what we have here is a strict one hundred percent overpay on any of the three abilities. Right. On balance, all three abilities are bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Like literally staple level like spell right. pierce is a staple level card in legacy hey, did okay. you alright you, you know you, you have the card in your hand your opponent's like do something you're like oh is it a creature yeah kill it oh wait it wasn't a creature counter it's spite malice for half the mana right oh kill oh it was just you didn't do anything and this card's kind of dead in my hand it's spite malice for half the mana it, it, it's like stone immediately a four of in blue red delver right for sure blue red delver plays four sure. copies and second of all it's a, uh, I think it's a very very good card played next to. Is it a card named Dreadbore? Uh, the yeah, the red black one. Yeah, I think this yeah. is like such a good enabler for for Grix's control. Or shall I say, uh, is it <laughs> Rakdos Demir? Is Dos is Dos Rack control? Yeah, yeah. This card seems awesome. It's it's the best of the revealed charms in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Jared Golgari Lichlord. So it's BBGG for a 2-2. It's a zombie elf, mythic. Yeah. Comes in, uh, I think, a dual deck. Uh, Jared Golgari Lichlord gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. So it's so a, like a Mortivore. Or a Mortivore. Mortivore, yeah. Yeah. 
not a Lurgoyth, a Mortar War, but without the regeneration, yeah. but additional text. Right. One BG, sacrifice another creature. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacrificed creature's power. It's a pretty interesting ability. So you could you could actually just fire, you know, we were talking about that idea before of ramping up with Death's Embrace yep. or Death's Presence. So you have a huge guy that you can so sacrifice. Suddenly you get to do some, some kooky stuff there. And then it also has sacrifice, a swamp in a forest, return Jared from your graveyard to your hand. I think this is a very powerful card. Fine card to syncopate. <laughs> I mean, just the Mortivorish ability, like the card that you were talking about, you like the... Um... Grizzly Salvage. Grizzly Salvage yeah. works really well with this yeah, guy. Yeah, get this guy, put a bird and an, and an arbor elf in my yard. Uh, and you can you can discard him to Lull Troll. Like, he's a... Uh, which, he makes Lull Troll big. Makes Lull Troll, you know, like, the... Uh, there's some stuff there. This, guy, this card's good. Yeah, it's a good card. We skipped... We skipped over alphabetically my preview card, which was... Um, uh, not a BG... Uh, smother anything that's not a land. Oh, I, you know what? It's not, it's not it, didn't, in it. it didn't make it into Supreme Verdict. No, it's not mine. Well, it. Mine is uh, is uh, abrupt abrupt decay, right? Abrupt decay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't make it into this thing yet. Um. So that, that card card's, seems awesome. I mean, probably the if you want to yeah, label you, the best card, it's if probably you've the just one. been frustrated by Tibalt. <laughs> like if Tibalt's just been like ruining your Friday Night Magic, have we got a card for you? Or Liliana. Or Liliana. Or Little Jace. Or Little Jace. Or Delver of Secrets. Yeah. There's basically smother for a permanent. Smother anything other than a land. Can't be countered. It can't be countered. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, I see it a bug control card. Like I feel of, like that's a card you're going to see played in every format. Yeah. By I feel the like way, you're play it, it in just Legacy. kills counterbalance. So yeah, you're going to be. Play, it's going to be played in Legacy. It's going to be played in. I don't probably gets played in vintage. I mean, whatever. Like Who the cares about 16 best players in the world just played a played a 16 man tournament and jund one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't this card generally an yeah. upgrade to terminate in a format where all the creatures are fast? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, no, the card. The card seems insane. Uh. Karaz the Guild Mage. I, I don't know how to rate the Guild Mages. Because, <laughs> like, the old cycle of Guild Mages had, like, hybrid mana costs. Right. So this one I'm just like, so I don't know. black green for 2-2. Two, two. It has 1 BG. Target creature gets plus 1, plus 1, and gains Intimidate until end of turn. Just until end of turn, though. So I just get to push through. So I can, like, yeah. I can push this guy on turn 3 if I don't do anything else. I can sort of push him through. It's like a 3-3. Three, three, yeah, like... But then it has 2 GB. Sacrifice a non-token creature. Put X one one green sapling creature tokens onto the battlefield, where X is the sacrifice creature's toughness. This is like makes my head hurt. I mean, this is the kind of card I think you like to speculate on, but I, I don't know how to rate. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not like on the Golgari cards. Yeah, this isn't this very isn't, high. Yeah. This isn't very high. On my Let's list. move on to my favorite of the. Uh, this so, is my favorite creature. Lotlith troll. Wall uh, troll. Is GB. So same casting cost as a guild mage. Yeah. It's a two one. It's got one low, one one smaller uh, in the in the. We'll forgive department. it, I think. Zombie troll. It's a rare. There's trample. It's a zombie too, so it's got zombie synergies. Yeah, it's got zombie synergies. I hadn't even realized that. It's got trample. Which uh, on a two one might yeah. not be that impressive, but it's also got regenerate. Yeah, discard a creature card. Put a plus one plus one counter on it. So, is there a mana cost associated with that? No. So it's wild mongrel, as well. It's Stone Wild it's, Mongrel. It's, well, it's Wild Mongrel, except Wild Mongrel, it wasn't a permanent counter. Yeah. Wild Mongrel was plus one, plus one until the end of the turn. 
This is a plus one, plus well, you one. You can only discard creatures on this. Sure, but okay, it's like fair. very wild mongrelish. What are people going to be playing besides creatures and dread boars anyway? And like, but it's also it's like it's also river boa. It's like full on river boa right. grafted onto, grafted onto like a very wild mongrel shell. And like we've seen in many of the cards that have come on, you have a fair number of graveyard synergies. Does abrupt decay? Uh, can you regenerate from that? You can. Oh you can. man. So. So black regenerate low test troll. This I think this card is just aces. I, well, and again, it's probably a cross format all star. Uh, where do you rate this relative to Putrid Leech for a large scale? Seems, large scale. You think it's just way better than Putrid Leech? I think it's better than. Putrid I, you just Leech. play both. I think is the sure. Answer. I mean, you like probably it, do, but I mean, it still seems better. And this card is absurdly good. And again, scavenge. Um, you think about like, think about dredge decks. I mean, is this a deck just like Putrid Leech, this guy, and then what's the the Haster three? Oh, the guy we just looked at? Yeah. This guy, Future Leech, Haster 3, Bloodbraid Elf, and then, like, Utility, Gold Cards, and maybe Lightning Bolt. That's your deck. It's probably a sweet deck, right? I don't know. You just said 16 creatures. Like, I feel like you want more than 16 creatures in a deck with this guy. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I'd have to, like, but You probably don't want expensive ones, though. Oh, oh right. And you don't want inexpensive ones because you don't want to mess up your yeah, Cascades. So. But. Eh. Bogart Ram Gang. <laughs> Serious, but Ram Gang's a good man. Yeah. You know who's really sweet? Hell's Thunder. Discard Hell's Thunder to this guy? Yeah. It's not bad. Bloodbred yeah. of Hell's Hell Thunder, I could live with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, any kind of, again, any flashback creature kind yeah. of spell. This card, this card seems awesome. It's, it's just, I mean, or you could just, just play like a straight up junkie deck or rock deck in standard. If, you, if you're that kind of, I mean, the yeah. threats are so good. What if you played this guy, discarded two Venge Vines? And then played a played blood a, off. Played a bird. I mean, I don't know. It's yeah, this is. Just turn three. You're like, oh crap! I drew these venge vines. Boop, boop. Yeah, I'm sure that's what people are thinking when they draw venge vine. Yeah. They're like, what if? I find. Let's just play also with basking root waller and arrogant worm. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. mice. I mean, and we could bring back wild mongrel at that point. Yeah. <laughs> this this card seems sweet. Yeah, super sweet. Uh, this is a card I really like. Again, just talking about with, uh, with, with, uh... Detain? Well, so it's Lyev, uh, Sky Knight. It's one W-U for a human knight flying. When it enters the battlefield, detain target non-land permanent opponent controls. So, detain your planeswalker, you know, let's just say it was Gideon. I guess, yeah. like, oh, detain your Gideon. You can't use your stupid Gideon ability next turn. You know, like... Detain your creature, like we talked about. And then again, you know, angel it, detain something else It's a superb racer. I think yeah. this card's excellent. Yeah, I love this card. Uncommon. Just like, I think it's going to be one of the Hallmark uh, Azorius cards. Yeah, I think this card is probably going to shine very much unlimited. It's only uncommon. Oh, for yeah. sure it's going to shine. Yeah, it's, it's just like backbreaking and limited. Yeah. It really it's just is. so much tempo. And again, this is the kind of card also where I think about something like Cackling Counterpart. And like with, the, like, oh, Counterpart. You could go like... Yeah, like you can, cackling counterpart and then cackling counterpart snapcaster mage that's yeah. actually not bad yeah or like clone this or like there's a lot of like the tain is going to be like a frustrate when when people like fully synergize a detain deck it's going to be super frustrating to play against I agree I mean I think that we're going to look at a different kind of magic than we've seen in the last few years yeah 
yeah, I, I, I love this card. I think I think this is a card people are going to just build around. All right, so next up, Nivix Guild Mage. So this is the, the Is It Guild Mage set. So it's 2-2, two, two, and it's 1 UR, draw a card, then discard a card. So it loots for 3. Yeah, or 2 UR, copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell you control, you may choose new targets. Like a powerful but very powerful expensive but ability. Expensive. I, I think that this is not going to be a huge constructed card. I feel like this is a card you can be like at like some kind of block constructed pro tour. Right? We're going to be waiting. We're like, when is this round going to be over? Oh, it's some Japanese deck designer. Shouta Yasaoka. Got it. I'm going to walk over and it'll be like, Shouta Yasaoka has a, playing against. Has a Tezzeret in this in play. Playing against Yelga Vigersma <laughs> for top 32. With a Tezzeret in play yeah. in this. Um, Niv-Mizzet Dracogenesis. So this is a card. It's two. Dracogenius, right? He's a genius. Oh, Dracogenius. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, two U-U-R-R. So six mana, five five flying. Uh, mythic. Uh, so whenever Niv-Mizzet Dracogenius deals damage to a player, you may draw a card. And then he has U-R, uh, ta- you know, no tap. Just U-R, deal one damage to target creature or player. Uh, pretty good card, I think. Uh, I think it's substantially worse than the old Nivnizit. Interestingly, you can play both of them yeah, at the same time. I, what I've been thinking a lot about, which is a reason that I cautioned myself when I was talking about the toughness of a 4-toughness four, four 6-drop, uh, is that I think the other Nivnizit is generally <laughs> superior to this one. But I've really just been thinking about, like, what if you played a large format, like modern? Can you play a blue-red tap-out control deck that just either sideboards or splashes tooth and nail like some greens and you just go like tooth and nail these guys into play and then they're now both in play and then you boom you start a chain right and then is that what happens so whenever so so the other one is whenever you deal damage you draw a card no whenever you draw a card you deal damage and so this one is whenever yeah yeah you just that's actually probably just is it so no so you, you pink them the first time and draw a card, right? So when you draw a card, the other one deals damage when you draw a card. Right. But then... Um, so this deals damage to, to a player. Oh, and it's not any Niv Mizzet, right? Is it? No, it's whenever this... Deals. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah. not an infinite no, 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 no. Yeah, so never mind about they that They probably tested that. It's probably still sweet, but... Yeah. Uh, and then the last card in, in the set that we can look at... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, no. We have, we we got, have we like... Got, oh, we got I'm stuff. sorry. There's like eight we cards got, left. We got, How did I miss all these cards? We got stuff. I think um, I was just dazzled by the costs on New okay. Visit. Rakdos Return. So I said I like three cards a whole lot. This is the third one that I really? super you, like. You like. I love this card, yeah. I've, I've definitely seen people saying, like, not impressed with this card. Which people uh, are they? Do they know how to make decks? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to name names, you know, yeah. but yes. Uh, I would say one of them is a superior deck designer. So what I would uh, say on this is... XBR, Sorcery. It's basically mind twisty. Did you remember... Rakdos Return deals X damage to target opponent. That player discards an X card. Do you remember before there was Blood Braid Elf, before everybody else was playing Jund, I, I was playing Jund, right? Yeah. And the one thing that I figured out how to do really, really well was resolve my Mind Shatter against more powerful blue decks that had cards like Cryptic yeah, Command. Mind Shatter was random? Yeah. Cryptic Command and... Uh, and cool ultimatum before they could get me, right? That was, like, yeah. the main thing sure. I figured out how sure. to do. This card, in a deck like that, with, with a, a Jundi sort of deck, and we can set up with Duress now. You know, we, we can't protect with Gutterball anymore, but setting up with Duress is actually easier sure. than setting up with Gutterball. Uh, this card is... Gutterball being Wrecking Ball? Uh, a guttural response. A guttural, yeah. So, um, like, first of all, this card is just a blaze, right? Yeah. 
So uh, just deal like that. It's like it's like you're like oh, I mean here's the thing like. The, the downside of a, of a mind shatter yeah. is that you draw it mid-game and your opponent's got a card in their hand that's a land because yeah. they're being cute. They're like, I'm going to hook on to this yeah. land. Just blaze your face. Yeah, but now you actually just get to go, yeah, deal eight to you. Yeah, so it's just a blaze. It's very blightning-like at some casting costs. But the other thing is that it's not just a tremendous... So think about... Four, four mana, two cards, two damage. So think about a lot of plays people are willing to make where they're like, they'll tap a bunch of lands for like some monolithic thing like maybe a powerful planeswalker. Right, and they're tapped out, but they're like, "Well, if I untap with this Planeswalker in play, it's going to be all good." Would you play this card? Three mana, one damage, one card. No, because four I mana, know. four mana, two damage, two cards. Uh, four mana, four damage. No, four mana, two damage, two cards. Uh, if that was its only text, I would not know. Okay. Five mana, three damage, three cards. No, I would not play that. But card, so, I, I, mean, I people, would be people, close to play that. People card. have played that card, right? People yeah, have played yeah. Fugue. I'd be close to playing Fugue. The thing is, like, I've had played cards that were four mana, discard two cards, and discard only. Yeah, yeah. In the past, but they they have other text, right? So, sure. they, but the thing is, like, I would play a card. I would not play a card that was just way worse than Blightning. I would not play a card that was just way worse than, uh, you know whatever the four mana version is. But the thing is that this hey, card... That's a better version of Fugue. But the, 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 the reason that I like this card is that, like, a, the, the Fugue ability is okay, but, like, a Witsend version is really good. Remember how powerful Witsend was the last time there was uh, the, the Ravnica block? Like, I'm happy to say, if you ask me, would you play a card that was five damage, five cards for seven... I would actually be way more likely to play that card than a card that was three. Oh, four, four, four cards, four damage for six is yeah. They're, they're not seems, bad. Seems like a perfectly like again in a in a in a, in a like non counter world. Yeah. Right. Like also the, remember we also know that we have a card where we get to set this up a turn earlier or two turns earlier. We go uncounterable. Name this card. Remove it from your hand and deck. So the the other thing is that you can you can. The, the advantages of this card for me are like threefold. Number one, I already know how to resolve uh, a mind shatter against superior counter spells than what we'll be facing today. Okay, I'm very confident in the sure. ability to build a deck that can do that. Secondly, this card kills planeswalkers dead. Oh, that's okay? a great, that's that's so that's actually that's insane. why I like the card so much. That's actually you insane. Screw the opponent and kill his planeswalker. Not like so. We're changing the we're changing the terms of the game. I would play. They've black. just tapped out. <laughs> yeah, I would play black and a green red ramp deck, or red and a green black ramp deck, just to play this card. Yeah. Okay. This card is really good. Okay. It's a sideboard card, so people don't realize. Like, you know how I feel. Like sideboard cards are like four times as important to me as, as main deck cards. Sure. I, I, I often choose them with a great deal of care. I think this card is absurdly powerful. The other thing is like. I want to just put eight into it. So, like, um, I don't know if you knew this, but, like, maybe four years ago, Louis Scott Burgess actually wrote a blog post or an article about how people were misevaluating my Jund deck. They were like, they're like, you know, people are, like, criticizing Mike's Jund deck and saying this is bad midrange. Like, it's actually, like, probably the best control deck in the format, and it has a distinct plan, and this is how it works. So, like, I know how this strategy works. You know, I can, I am very comfortable sculpting a game that will put us in a position where this card is now Trump. Okay? Sure. We talked about all these things that are sixes, and we think there's going to be battles of sixes. We can set this up with cards like Duress. We can set this up with, you know, the card that you were talking I know, about. I have to look at Lucas Troll. I don't know about the sixes, by the way. This card goes in the same deck as Lull Troll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm mad that there's no Borderland Ranger for me. Is there a Borderland Ranger for me? I haven't seen it yet. In M13? Did I forget about it? 
Wait, isn't there... There might be, right? There's Farseek. Oh, no, isn't there Borderland Ranger... Don't we just have Borderland Ranger in uh, Avacyn Restored? Did we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I've been playing with it for the, months. Yeah, it's one of the best like it's cards in Avacyn Restored. It's actually in all my decks. Yeah. How did I... I thought... I guess, for some reason, I thought... Yeah, was, like, I okay. really think this is going to be a great strategy. Like, mid-range Jund Ramp control. So, you know, you talk about, like, you, you look at a card, and you're like, all right, identify this card and a quantity in someone's deck list. Like we, we said, you know, yeah. dueling a sort of that fencing ace, yep. you know, four of main deck, Craig Wesco, yep. syncopate, two main deck. Shahin uh, two more inside word. Uh, <laughs> this, I see one yep. inside board, Gabriel Nassif. Yeah? Yeah, that's like... Well, how many for Patrick Chapin? Uh, main deck. Main deck. Two. Two, really? Two. I, th- to me, this is probably a... I could see in some versions of decks I would play that I would literally have four in my main deck, and then other versions where I would have like three in my sideboard. Sure. All right, I, I think as a, as a titan, yeah, it's pretty. Powerful. But now that I've explained to you how I approach this card, you yeah, see, like yeah, yeah. this card's way better than than, than people think about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, the more I think about it, the more impressed I am with, with yeah, this. Yeah, and card. it's like it's kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't card in a planeswalker. It's situation. just a blaze. Like, but, 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 but but I mean, again, in the situation where they're like, oh, what are they going to do? They're like, man, I, I don't want to play my planeswalker. I don't want to tap out for my planeswalker. I think he's got Rakdos return. It's like I better hold it, <laughs> right? It's Sweet. like it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like there's these games where that games are coming up that right, so, like planeswalker situations where this is just actually like a trump. So what's my deck? Lol troll, three three guy, this Farseek, Orderland Ranger, Huntmaster. Is Huntmaster even good enough for my deck? That's pretty. Good. Probably he's pretty good. Huntmaster, Thragtusk. Yeah, Thragtusk is good. Uh, and then appropriate charms, Dreadbore, <laughs> yeah. smother everything. Yeah, I think I can win states with that deck. By the way, like, that's a, I'll take that bet. I can win. I can could win states with that deck. Okay, I mean that seems. And we still again, we still haven't seen yeah, those are all three the cards, quarters of the. Of those this, those of are all the set. cards that I want to play. Like yeah. every single time they give me cards, I can play. Right. Yeah. So Slesnia charm, worst so, of the charms. Worst of the charms. You think this is the worst? No, I'm sorry. Second worst of the charms. Azorius is the worst. Green, green white. Choose one target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains trample on the turn. It's worth about a G. Sure. Uh, exile creature with power five or greater. It's worth actually about white one. So we're only we're only uh, we're only one mana yeah, down. No, we're actually like only like half a mana down on the second ability. The second ability is very good. Uh, or put a two-two white knight creature token with vigilance onto the battlefield. That's a tricksy ability, and it's also worth white one. It's worth white one. And by the way, having a creature token has added value in this. Because set. of populate. Because of populate, and because of. I'm going to blow things. your mind on something. Yeah. All right. You're playing a reactive deck that has this card because you have a bunch of, of charms in your deck, right? Yeah. So you just say go go. You have two open, so you can sit, say syncopate or whatever, right? Sure. The second turn, your opponent says go. Just make a dude. Now you're clocking. Yeah. It's like that's a sick level of flexibility. Yeah, and then if yeah, if there's any reasonable way to populate to do anything to. I don't think you have to populate yeah. the deck that I just said. Oh, you actually you get to still sit back on your syncopate, right? Yeah. Untap. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's it's speed dude. I think it's I think it's it's very good. It's not as good as is a charm, but it's yeah. it's substantially better than Azoria's sure. charm in my opinion. Uh, and then you know your second one, you get to. So slaughter games is cranial extraction for uh, black red to can't, can't be countered, countered by yeah. spells or abilities. This card's playable. I, I think I like I said I think this card will have a substantial effect on the way like if you're jund you know jundy like. Uh, deck is good, right? Like, this is going to have a substantial effect on the way people build their sideboards. I can like, see it. I think you, you have to, like, 
You can't, you can't be like... Oh, my God. So you can't you're saying, saying I can just bonfire cast camp. this thing on turn three... That's what I'm saying. ...to make sure that their, their syncopate's not in their hand, and then crush them with Rakdos return? Yes. This is, this is what I'm going to do. That That's on turn three... Yeah. On turn three, and then do, like, a three Rakdos return, <laughs> and then untap and do a four Rakdos return. So just, like, consecutive Rakdos returns on them. I did a lot of consecutive mind, sure. mind shatters when I do two mind shatters and one gutter ball. So you just go, like, small mind shatter for two or whatever, and they're like, I guess I let that in, and then, like... Like, all right, I'll discard the two, and then, like, they're weak enemies. Let's just think about Grixis control for a second. Just think about Grixis. Oh, like, man, now my deck's way better. You already ruined me by adding blue. Slaughter games you? But you took away my Farseek and my... I mean, you can my play four color. color. I don't care. You, no, I, just talk to Chapin. I'm sure he'll fix the mana for you. But he can't... He doesn't know how to fix the mana <laughs> to get the beaters in. Okay. So I you, believe in him, but he can't get beaters you're in. You're like, Slaughter games you. Yeah. And then, like, just, like, just like rip some leg out from under your deck. Yeah. Right? Some, like, card that the whole game is going to pivot around. But you know what? Just like, like your five-mana black green planeswalker yeah, that just wins get, the game by itself. Let's just, like, get rid of that. And then, like, two turns later, let's just Snapcaster Mage and Slaughter Games. Hey, at least it doesn't deal three. <laughs> like... The previous incarnation dealt three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this card's really, like... I mean, Satan would make fun of me for like a year for every sideboard I had that didn't have three cranial extractions. So I always put three cranial extractions. Yeah. This, this All right. So let's let's. Sluiceway Scorpion. Uh, this is a Death Touch two two for four mana that has Scavenge for one GB. Nothing to write um, home about. Yeah, it's fine. Supreme Verdict Supreme on the Verdict. other hand. What? White white I blue. Even seen this really? Card. All right. So white white blue one. Wrath of God can't be countered. What do you think? Uh, you know, I mean. I know I know four more cards in Shaheen Sarani's deck now. By the way, Lol Troll. Lol Troll! Uh, can still regenerate. Yep. This is a good card. Yeah. Not good enough for Lol Troll. I mean, this card's just... Very good. Really good. Can't be countered. Yep. And Lol Troll, by the way. Speaking of Lol Troll... Vraska the, the Unseen. unseen. Alright, so 3BG... Planeswalker, five loyalty, which is a lot. Five of for five. That's a solid planeswalker yep. at five. Plus one until your next Sweet turn. Sweet art also. Oh, the art is gorgeous. Uh, it's Alexi Briscoff. I mean, he just does like the best planeswalker art. Uh, plus one until your next turn. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to Vraska the Unseen, destroy that creature. So you don't really want to attack her. <laughs> but you kind of. But you kind of have, have to. to. Uh, minus three, destroy target, not land permanent. Wait, so you could just, like, play this on five and, and then just vindicate. kill their guy that was planning to kill her? Yeah, just vindicate. Lol troll. <laughs> uh, and then the ultimate ability... I mean, how, how, do you, how do you evaluate the ultimate? Put three 1-1 one, one black assassin creature tokens onto the battlefield with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses... Oh, that seems really good. Yeah, and it's really easy to level to that. It's only, it's only plus two to level up to, to your ultimate on this card. Yeah. So... Um, so three turns later, you can do that. I mean, the fact that it's just, like, one mana less than Desert Twister for Desert Twister. Uh, for Desert Twister that sticks around and does stuff. It kills a Planeswalker. I don't know if you noticed that. You play it, and they have a Jace, and you kill their Jace, and you still have your guy. Oh, nice Karn. Yeah. Funk. Like, yeah, I think that the Jun deck is probably... Pretty good. I think this is the top of my curve in the Jun deck, unless I see something really impressive. That's it's really good. And it's gorgeous. So, uh, one to ten on this card. Ten? I, for standard, ten. 
10. It's very powerful. I mean, five mana, you can get it into play, turn three, turn it's two, not, one. Nine. It's not, it's probably not Snapcaster Mage Delver level, but sure. it's very good. It's, it's, it's awesome. Where do you put Lol Troll? Eight, nine. I think Lol Troll's better than this, so. Eight, nine, eight. I think Lol Troll's probably a nine. I gotta see how many creatures, like, I, I, like the, the, for me, the issue with a card like that is always just how many creatures can I play in that deck, and... How much can I? But I don't care if you. But I guess she's just. Some I don't care like, if you make two one big. Two one regenerates fine, right? Like yeah. That's, uh, yeah. It's trample too. So if they put like tokens in front of whatever, you still get one in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Scroll is like insane. So we were talking about recurring ways to populate before. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So one of those is Wayfaring Temple. White G W. So. So it's a Selesnia. Knight of the Reliquary. Knight level. of the Reliquary, for an elemental. And its power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control. So it's at least a 1-1. One, one. So it's at least a 1-1. One, one. And then whenever Wayfaring Temple deals combat damage to a player, populate. So you have to have another token in play in order to get the populate going. Sure. But once you do, you can... It's basically like a... I, I hesitate to say a Verdant Force, but it's Verdant Force. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, two, it's, two, it's, like, it's three mana. Like, I mean, it's... Again, it seems like a fine ranker wielder. It's a fine turn two play also yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seems good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is a card people are super excited about in Slesnia. What do they mean by excited? I think people are angry about Dryad Melton. Dryad. People see. People are like, I'm playing this. You know, I don't know. That's all I saw. All I saw people was like, I'm just slamming this into yeah. my deck. Dryad Militant. It's green-white hybrid mana for Dryad Soldier. If an instant or sorcery card be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So that's really powerful against Snapcaster Mage. It's a Savannah Lion slash Wild Dogs with no with no, no drawback. No drawback. Two one. And one. has an awesome ability against against uh, uh, flashbacks. Yeah. So and you know stuff that counts things, i.e. Runechanter's um, Pike. Yeah. So I mean, obviously a, a playable card. I actually Uncommon. don't. I don't think it's going to be hugely played. But I think people get excited about stuff like this. Round one. Yeah. Pro Tour return to Ravnica. Deck check on Craig Wesco. I think it's more likely to have the next card than this one. Really? Yeah. Craig doesn't like to play hyper-aggressive uh, White Weenie decks. He oh. likes to play, like, like two tiers. Of, not not as controlling as the White Weenie decks that I'll build, but, like... Okay. But but pretty... pretty like, he'll play a tapper instead of a, a All beater. Right, so this one is Judges Familiar. It's white-blue hybrid. Hybrid, yeah. For one, so it's one mana. So it's bird. either a blue or a white. Right, either yep. a blue or white. Bird flying. Sacrifice Judges Familiar. Counter-target, instant or sorcery spell, this is controller pays well. So it's Curse Catcher, but flying. Yeah, for one run. <laughs> that white can cast. The only downside to this I see is that just like... like what downside? It's bonkers. How about like Supreme Verdict? Like whatever. Supreme Verdict you. I mean, alright, just it. name a creature and that would die to Supreme Verdict. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying like... Like, imagine your opponent's playing but, but the a combo is, deck instead. Like the, thing on, the thing on, like, a, a curse catcher, in terms of standard, yeah. right, is that it's just, like, you make that turn where your opponent gets their board sweeper yeah. just a little harder to get to. But and then in this case, you're down a further card. But, you, but in this case, we just don't care. Like, if, if our sweeper is going to be Supreme Verdict... Look, I wouldn't play it. But I think that uh, okay. Craig is more likely to play yeah, it I don't love, I don't love this card. It's neat. It's going to be good. It's, you know, it's a, it's a pain in the ass. I think it's a good card. Yeah. Uh, Rakdos Shred Freak. I think this is a superb card. This card seems... I mean, you were talking about uh, Patrick Sullivan. Yeah, I think that's a straight piece solid card. So, uh, Rakdos Rakdos for a 2-1 haste creature. So it's either 
black, red, red, black, 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 or red, red. Yeah. For 2-1 haste. That's it. Just good, common, you know, expect to see this attacking at a SCG open. Immediately. You. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Uh, it has format haste. Yeah. Uh, Chromatic Lantern is John Finkel's favorite card so far. I love this card. I, I, you are you are surprisingly down on this. Card. Yeah, I don't like it that much. Three mana for an artifact rare lands you control have tap. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and then this has tap. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. It's like that ability to just like fix all your mana, like make you be able to hit like all your like this lets you double splash stuff. Yeah, but there's no precedent to. You know what, maybe, I didn't think about double splashing as, it's a strong enabler, but what about, remember, like, there's what about, like, still ancient grudges. What about, like, the ability to, like, double splash, like, a mortars? A what? Mortars. Mizzet mortars, or whatever that card was. Like, yeah. Right? Where you're like, well, I need to splash this. You know, I'm, like, playing a three-color deck, and I get to go, like, so, lash out your guy. Like, I get to go yeah, do four to your the guy. The thing I don't like about and then this. I get to, like, actually I understand. pay my overload. The, the thing I don't like about this card is that. Like you can already play a card that's very similar to this in um, in uh, in standard. Remember the SCG Black guys? Their alternate deck, not the one that that, sure. that John and, and Go actually made top eight with, was that was that a Bridget deck? Is that the? Yeah. Uh, but they they have that artifact that like bins a, a binned card. You know. Sure. It puts a bin. It puts a card in your graveyard and a card in someone's graveyard on the bottom. And of then the you know a three mana accelerator card and nobody plays that card. It's not that much worse than this I card. I think I think that the ability to like just fix all your other mana. Yeah, but that ability to bin a binned card is really is a powerful ability. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's more narrow. And yeah, it's certainly it, more narrow. It, it's also powerful. And it powerful. exists in an environment before there's going to be this tremendous incentive to like. Overreach your mana base right, so and to do all sorts of powerful splash things. I would agree that people will play this card. Yeah. Okay. You won't. I don't see myself playing this card, and I do see myself playing three and four color decks. How about Patrick Chief? I see Patrick's maybe playing two of this card. Patrick, I, I never understand how he makes his, his mana acceleration decisions. Okay. And I talk to him about them all the time, and he always seems to have a good reason to disagree with me. Sure. And I, I thoroughly respect his ingenuity, but I, I don't understand his decisions a lot of time. Like, uh -huh. me, if I'm going to play a pristine talisman, there's four of them in my deck, and I pump the fist every time I draw one. Sure. Patrick will often have a deck that has, like, two pristine talismans and, like, one other kind of weird accelerator, like a... Sure, yeah, sure. And, and And I, I'm like, really? I just, I don't, I don't get the numbers that well. Uh, so, obviously, the Shocklands are back. So, I, I had, like, pretty much all the Shocklands. Am I boned now? I mean, not, not for the first couple weeks. I mean, people I are going to be like, I want to own all my all the old shop lands. I, mean, I don't feel bone. I don't really yeah. collect for money. Um, the gates we talked about. Uh, this this feels like a card to me that I might play. That's a Mikey Flores card. I mean, if they give me a life from the loam, I'm straight in. Grove of the Guardian. It's a rare land. Add one to your mana pool. Yeah. Uh, and then it has three GW. Tap two untapped creatures you control. Uh, sacrifice Grove of the Guardian, put an 8-8 green and white elemental creature token with Vigilance onto the battlefield. I mean, you have to sacrifice the land, though. Sure. I, I need a life from the loam to make this, sure. okay. to make this mine. And then uh, Trans Guild Promenade. It's, it's exactly... Uh, it's exactly Ruptured Spire. Yeah, Ruptured Spire. So, I mean, which was a card I played a four of in, in my Cascade deck that 
was a pretty dominant deck in, in standard. It, it made multiple SCG open well, you, top you eights. You play that card, right? That was my favorite deck. And it's actually, if you ask me what my favorite deck I've ever made was, it was that Mono Cascade deck in standard. So, quick hits, favorite card so far? Uh, I really, I mean, I gotta tell you, I love Divine Verdict. I just like the Uncounterable Wrath. Yeah. I, mean, I thought good. you didn't even see it before now. I'm, but I mean, it's. You're a convert? I'm a convert. Uh, I love Raska. The, the, what, you know, the Planeswalker. Yeah. Uh, Dreadbore. Um, all, all, all powerful cards. Uh, Abrupt Decay. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, Abrupt no kidding. Decay. I mean, uh, that's probably the ace of the set, right? Sure. Or close to it. Dreadmore is really good. Uh, I, I love Grizzly Salvage. I mean, I really yeah, do. I, I really love that card. That's the only one I don't, I don't really agree on. I, I have three cards I love the best, and I said which ones they were. The, one of them is the... Uh, and the, Pack Rat. Oh, Pack <laughs> You mean Bitter Blossom. So the first one for me is Museum Mortars. Okay. I love that card. Uh, I think it's going to be a 10 out of 10 as a sideboard card. So okay. people misevaluate sideboard co- cards often. They're like, oh, this isn't that important. Oh, yeah, okay. like, I said that Ray of Revelation was one of the, one of the best cards on whatever set it was. It came back in, and people were like, people don't even play it. They do. They play it a lot. They just don't see it ever come out because it's too busy <laughs> killing all the honor of the peers, you know, yeah. that people don't play anymore. Um, you love Dragman. Right? I like Dra- Dragman, but he's not in my top three. Okay. I like, I like uh, Lol Troll, that guy, okay. and... Um, so, Lolith Troll. Yeah, Lolith Troll. Uh, and then the last card I really love is Rakdos's Return. That's in your top three. I love Rakdos's Return. It's really... I, I, I mean, again... I mean, that's a very Mikey, Mikey, Mikey uh, Florence card. But the thing is, like, what I think of is... What I think of as the cards that, that I will favor differ from other people's cards, not because I can't evaluate a card being good or not, or other people can't evaluate a card being good. What I see as being valuable in the process of magic deck design is to figure out what we can do differently that gives us an edge over other people. Sure. It's not difficult to say Abrupt Decay is going to be the ace of the set. Anyone can look at it and be like, oh, that will be a heavily played card by everyone who can tap for these colors. Yeah. Sure. Congratulations on obvious street, you know? Sure. But, like, no, if, I, I if think, everyone has that same level of information, that's not getting you in any itch. I think I think the thing that really turned me around on Rectos Return, because yeah. a card I, I wasn't very impressed with before, is that is that dilemma with a Planeswalker. Like, of the idea, like, well, if they play their Planeswalker and you have enough mana, you're just going to, like, strip their hand. And if, even if you don't kill their Planeswalker... You're gonna leave it in a dire state. Everything is a damned if you do damned if you don't situation. If they don't have any, if they have everything, right? right? And they're not playing blue. But imagine they're just playing a mid range control deck with no blue. You just cast it. Sure, but like, destroy it's, it. It's like, different. It's different if it's a creature. Yeah. Right. What I'm saying is like you can have a creature in your hand. You're like, well, I'm just gonna play this creature because I can't. I can't take the risk that they're gonna they're, that they're gonna reckless turn me for the rest of my hand. Yeah. Right. But like with a planeswalker, it's a little different. Yeah. I mean, this is a. The other thing about it that I like so much is, like, you're, it doesn't kill creatures, right? Yeah. But you're playing in the colors of Abrupt Decay and Dreadborn. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. like it, creatures are dead. I mean, like, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, they're, none of them are going to live through your other cards. Yeah. Like, we have a lightning bolt, probably. Not like whatever. Some sure. approximation of lightning bolt. Sure, 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 sure. So, it's, I think, the card is just, it's exactly the kind of card that I want to build around. Yeah. Not, not build, build two, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. No, and, I, like, my top end is Vraska. Like, you play your Vraska, you make them respect it, and then, like, they're doing all this stuff to not die to your Vraska, and then, boom, smash their grip. So, like, what if you Vraska, and then they Vraska you back, now they're tapped out, and then you just, like, take their whole grip. Sure. Yeah, like, you're medium on the battlefield, but now you have two cards left, and they have nothing. Yeah. Jeez, right? Maybe I'll play that gate guy, you think? Am I going to play him? <laughs> no. I mean, you're almost certainly going to play him. 
I need some sort of gift to the gargantuan to make it worth my while. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so uh, are you going to play in the Return to Ravnica pre-release? Of course not. Really? How are you not going to play in the Return to Ravnica? When is it? Like three weeks from now? Yeah. Um, go, you can't go to San Jose, can you? No, I'm, I'm going to Comic-Con that week. I already... I didn't buy tickets yet, but I was planning to go to Comic-Con. Satan might have actually tickets. Do you know who invited me to be their team? Who? Landy Ho, Brian Snyder. Yeah. Beast Knight uh, sent me an uh, email last week. He's like, play with me and land. I'm like, Ugh. we might even top four with that team. Woo! That's Wait, a good team. Land top fours every time he plays in these team events, so. And with Beast Knight, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was, I was like, nah. I just, uh, so you know there's going to be another team sealed. GP. Why don't they make you give me, give me a team constructed? I'll fly across another, the country for there's it. There's another team sealed. It's going to be uh, in the Netherlands in March. Yeah? March 16th. I don't think I'm going to fly to the Netherlands for a Grand Prix. I am! Monkey dog. I'm gonna, I don't care. I'll play with anyone. I just want to play team sealed. I just want to build team sealed. I don't even care if I do well. I just like building team I sealed decks. I think I'm going to play the... Uh, I mean, um, obviously I want to draft. But. I think I'm going to play the... Uh, SCG Invitational in, in Atlanta in a few weeks, but I didn't buy my plane ticket yet. But it's, I think I'll and uh, just not yeah, expensive to go to. So okay, hard. I don't know. It's like a, hub, it's like a big hub uh, city. It should be pretty reasonable. So, yeah, and that's just like in two weeks or something. I can't can't play like every week, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I told Josh that I was going to play in like all the Invitationals, and I already skipped two. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm certainly not playing in the one in... Uh, LA at the end of the year because I'm I'm actually doing coverage the week before. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I, was, I think I think I, I'd like to play in in the one in Atlanta, and then that's probably all, all my tournaments for the year. Sure. Uh, I, you know, you were sorely missed at the the Players Championship. I mean, it was it was, it was, it was rough to be home and not at that event. Seems so awesome. Do you think? It just seems so awesome. Like, the Chinese really, Taipei guy, like, he's like the new stud of the Pro Tour, right? He's really good. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, you know, he's just, he's just like, I mean, he's been, he's like Marita, but better. Better than Marita. That's your assessment? Yeah, Masahiko Marita. He's I know like, who Masahiko Marita is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really, he's really good. He's really good. Wait, Masahiko Marita has 14 Grand Prix top eights. So is this guy. Really? Yeah, something ridiculous. I don't remember the number, but he has some like some like boggling number of Grand Prix top eights. The, the, the reason I, the, the day I figured out that Marita was like good is like when the Japanese first started traveling to American Grand Prix. Yeah. Uh, Osip was playing him for top eight, and Osip scooped him into top eight. I'm like, why just scoop that whoever that guy was into top eight? And he's like, because he's playing life with no meddling mage. <laughs> Could never beat me. <laughs> oh, is that Boston? Yeah, and uh, or maybe he was playing meddling mage, and Osip didn't know. <laughs> One of the two. Uh, Osip ended up losing to Lucas Glavin anyway. He's like, anyway, that guy's awesome, and he should be rewarded. And I'm like, who is he? He's like, he has 14 Grand Prix top eights. Yeah. I'm like, really? And I looked him up, and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah, Kenji told me he was awesome, so you got to believe Kenji. All right, so. Right. Top eight magic, Michael J. Flores, Brian David Marshall, OMG. Go buy the OMG. If you didn't, if you didn't do your duty... Ta- uh, pausing the, the podcast in the first five minutes like we asked you to. Go go do it now. You go know to- what? Copy of Decade's a lot cheaper. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, it's just all the same stuff you heard in Decade. So you can actually go by Decade? You can just go by Decade instead. Okay. Um, no, just go by the official mic. Like, it's, seriously, it's an exciting new new uh, project. It's an exciting new way of like creating media for Magic. I'm not going to get mad at them for buying Decade. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm, but, like, I, 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 that was just a joke. 
uh, I mean, you can buy it if you haven't bought it already. But, like, honestly, if you're listening at the two-hour and five-minute mark of our podcast, you've probably already, already bought, bought Decade. You've already bought Decade, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, just, All right. I mean, let's be honest. They probably bought the official Miser's Guide, too. I hope so. If they're listening. So, anyway. My kids need shoes. Yeah. All right, so... Um, they only have left shoes, if I recall correctly, right? You're saving up for right shoes? I mean, look at Clark's fashion... <laughs> They're expensive shoes. All right. Uh, bye, everyone. I'm going to go send this up to someone Someone tonight. All right. All right. Bye. Awesome.